Hey folks, Captain Kevin Faber here from Whalen Bay Marine, and I want to tell you all about a line of boats they are carrying. Whalen Bay now carries tractor boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tractor pontoon boats, Tahoe boats, and we all know the last one, Mako. So now, no matter what your boat needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. You have your choice of the number one aluminum boat, family boats, performance fishing boats, or just straight up fishing machine in the new Mako boats. Does it get any better? Also, I can promise you, when you buy your new boat, all of the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. And you can do all this at Whalen Bay Marine. It's St. Augustine, located at 845 State Road 207. Or give them a call at 904-217-3778. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized tracker boat, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, and Mako boats dealer. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. Welcome to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman here with Captain Kirk Walshmore. Kirk. Good morning, sir. How are you? And uh, Captain Favor is, I would hope, it's uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, it's about time to for the sun to come up. He's sitting somewhere. He's sitting somewhere. I guarantee it. And I think, but I'm not sure, that he's in the, in the state of Georgia. I think that's what he told me. And then next week he does the other thing. Then he goes to Indiana. Yeah. He's living the dream. So in his place, we're, we, we're all blessed. We upgraded. Let's face it. You know. Significantly upgraded. And we brought in Captain Steve Mullen. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, guys. <laughs> I don't know Significant about that. upgrade. Chris <laughs> in, the, in the house bringing it to time. you. It's about time. I was waiting. The bearded one. I was waiting. You know, Kevin, when he's here, he automatically says hi to me first thing in the morning. And I think that's kind of nice. And then, well, and then here you are. Our guests first. Dilly dallying, lollygagging. That's all right. You two that's guys, right. man. Y'all are like an uh, old couple. Y'all always all right. squabbling. Oklahoma drill. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma drill. First day pass. Let's go, man. Idaho, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop that hot potato, right? Oh, oh boy. lordy. It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a good week. I mean, a good week for me. In, in the outdoors, I gotta I, say it. I was grateful too. I got to sit in a tree five times up in Pennsylvania, and that that was you know on a twelve day trip. That was nice to be able to do that. Twelve days, and you got to sit five days or five three, sits. Five sits. I was only in the woods two, so and, two and a half days. Two and a half days. Three mornings and two afternoons. Well, by God, son, what's wrong with you? I was being picky. I mean, you're in the land of the giants. You know, the, I, I, I know I, one thing. I, I called last weekend and I told y'all what was going on. I know, and here, here's here, Kirk. Kirk, for to refresh people's memory, and Steve, you probably got the same thing. Okay, he's up there in Pennsylvania. We're getting these pictures and videos. Yeah, I saw some of that of all these deer it right off amazing. the back porch. Thought it was working. It was amazing. Yeah, thought it was family working. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's you got a patch of woods right behind the house. You got your bow and and you got a crossbow. Just crack the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's go, man. Come on. Let's, I mean, there's venison right there. I mean, I'm you standing. You got a tag? Oh, yeah. I had three tags. 
Three tags. I had three tags this year. And so exactly behind, and that's Kate's mom's house, your wife's, yeah, now your belongs, mother-in-law's house. Yeah, but now belongs to the, the sisters and, and their brothers. So, okay. Because their parents have passed on, so right. they all own the house now. Okay. So, I mean, is this, and there's no hunting allowed? Is uh, It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you're in a sub- suburbia. Oh, on yeah. On the edge of the city. Hang a stand and let's go. They've named you know, my That's boy, where the big deer are at. I think they've my, named these deer in that neighborhood. My friend Todd, who owns the farm that that I he lets me hunt, uh-huh. I sent him the pictures, and he's like, "Take your shot." Yeah, I mean, you're right on the porch. I mean, I'm standing up on the porch with the bow, mm-hmm. and I pull the new rangefinder that I, you know, yeah, that was last week. Your tip, gear I tip believe. feature. I'm brand new Bushnell, and mm-hmm. I go, which is a nice 20, one. 29 yards at an angle. Was twenty six point nine. That would that would have been your shot, chip shot from the porch, from the porch, on an incredible deer. Oh, it would have been. And her brother Mike's going slinging it. Her brother Mike's over there just sipping on his beer, and I'm drinking coffee, and I'm going. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What time was this? Like eleven o'clock. Breakfast beer. (laughs) He's drinking beer. (laughs) Mike's drinking drinking a beer at (laughs) eleven, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. I just, you know, you got libs on both sides. That deer would run over and pass over and. The neighbor's yard, and she. Well, that'd be good. I mean, that's a much easier, Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get into your backyard, you, you, exactly. Excuse me, I got a blood trail across your front yard. He's going, yeah, sir. Uh, um, can I get permission? You're to- 300 feet from uh, uh, State Road, sir. Uh, Hold on, let me put my mask on, <laughs> sir. Do you have oh, a driver's license? Yeah. Do you have a driver's license ID? So oh, I, I passed, and I, I you know. It was the, the that was the most incredible day of the whole, you know, being able to sit was sitting on the back porch. Now, what'd you guys go up there for? Just visit family and they they've inherited the house, obviously, uh-huh. and we got to start cleaning it out, okay, and get it ready to sell. So you're getting you know getting things squared away, getting things squared away. So going you, through pictures, you were planning on having just a little bit of a wee bit, yeah, a little a wee bit of time you know, where you can more enjoy about the outdoors, taking care of family, and less about myself. Okay, now. But guy, I did get the, the guy that you uh, met who owns some property up there. Yeah, his name's Todd LeBrandy. How did uh, how did you meet him? His wife is Kate's best friend from high school. Oh, yeah, they grew up together. They're how like best perfect buds. is that? Yeah, they're best buds. And how many acres has he got? He's got forty six behind the house and another twenty across the road. Nice, almost eighty acres. You know, and here, here's the crazy thing. When you get up into Virginia, Pennsylvania, kind of that uh, mm-hmm. middle, Atlantic, middle Atlantic states, you got 40 acres. I mean, you've got you've got some hunting ground now. Let me tell you, because up there, it's it's a lot like South Dakota. There's a lot of agriculture, but there are a lot of what I call string string woods. Mm-hmm. You know, not like deep dense woods like we have, like in Fargo or your place. You've got these strings of oak trees that run down the edges of draws and creeks. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it's agriculture. And then you got suburbia laying on the edges of that. And it's all and big which hills. Now, nowadays, suburbia is mixed all in. Well, those deer all walk through those green zones. Sure. I mean, there's creeks and big old holes, and, and it's, that's what they're walking through. Everybody's backyard drops into a draw that has a creek or you know a wet zone back there. Where where I grew up in Virginia, which um, when I was growing up, I mean now it's obviously it's much different. It's changed, but I lived in a, a little town called Sterling, mm-hmm. and this the 
town was essentially kind of on the edge of suburbia slash rural. Mm-hmm. That's what this is like. So if you went to the east, you'd go into Fairfax County and keep on going. You Tyson's Corner, the Beltway yep. of Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. If you went the other way, it's literally when I was growing up, when you left our town, Sterling, it was farms. I mean, it was there was no, I mean, there was no town cities or anything. I mean, there were some towns, but they were right. country towns. Yeah. And uh, my cousins had a big farm that was out at the base of the, the Blue Ridge Mountain, and it was in a town called Lovettsville. And so we used to go out there frequently. But I mean, literally, as soon as you left the town that I grew up in, I mean, you you would have places to go deer hunting, be in the outdoors. I mean, it was which was great because you yeah. kind of got a little bit of the best of both worlds for me. Yeah. And so this is kind of what you're telling me is kind of like where that was, and that you know, and for me growing up in Virginia, very similar to that. Exactly like and, it. And and certain places that you have in suburbia slash these areas that have a little bit of ruralness still to them. The amount of, uh, and guys actually do TV shows on this. I mean, suburban deer hunt. I mean, they they oh. there's some giant deer that grow up in suburbia because they're just essentially untouched. They have uh, they have a little bit of annoyance with humans, but they don't have a great fear like right. our deer do, right? Because they're used to seeing people all the time. And it was ironic because the only time you ever see a deer in that setting dead is because it gets hit by a car. Wow. Or a truck. Yeah. And I can't tell you how I many we saw. Yeah. I mean, spikes, fork horns. Well, especially right now. I mean, right now, people, for, for people that don't know, the majority of the country for the white-tailed deer are in their rut. Oh, yeah. Okay, they're breeding. And that's where you see the the deer vehicle collisions, deer on the side of the road dead because of the rut, which is happening right now. Yeah, they get kind of stupid. Yeah, they get Really, I mean, fearless, indifferent. They get indifferent to everything around them. They, they, they don't get so fearful of everything that moves. It's like their their only thought is, I need to find a girlfriend, and I need to have a you know great day. I don't and even know if it's that much of a commitment. Yeah, you know, yeah. just for the folks who are wondering, just just think back to when you were a teenager. Exactly. I mean, you're you hit the oh, nail dear. on the head. Everything's a Morris. The you son know? of a woman. I mean, it's just. When you're 16, 17, 18 years old, 21. Stiff wind. 30. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, and, and we got there in the perfect time because we got there Tuesday afternoon. We left here. It was in the mid-80s, hot, humid. We drive up there and we get there and they they'd had temperatures drop into 40s and 50s at night. So we get there and it's 55 in that afternoon mm-hmm. on Tuesday, get up next morning. It's right at 48, 50, you know, so you know it's coming. There's a front coming. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Get up the next morning. I'm the first one up because I'm used to getting up so early all the time. And I walk out on the back deck with a cup of coffee at, at the crack of dawn with a pair of binoculars. And all of a sudden there's a doe. I'm like, dang, there's a doe. I didn't even put a salt lick back there yet mm-hmm. or anything i usually throw salt licks back in the backyard and um next thing i know there's another doe and then there's another doe and then i go and then her brother mike comes out and he's got a cup of coffee he's, okay he's not drinking beer yet not not yet okay so he has a cup of coffee and we're sitting there talking and, and he goes up first but just real quick what time did he crack the beer 11 
Okay, so it was 11 on his first one. Yeah. He went on second first, or third. No, no, no. Okay. First one was 11 o'clock. Okay. And Mike's like me. He gets up at 4.35 in the morning. He's uh-huh. an early riser. He worked for FedEx for 25 years and then was in the Air Force before that. So his job was to work the midnight shift. And he loaded those jets so that they could transfer goods mm-hmm. around the country. That was his job. He was a load master. And um, so he's up and we're watching. And he goes, Kirk, what is that? And he's not a deer guy. And I go, that's a buck. And I'm going, that's a fine buck. It was a big old six point. And I'm like, he's turning around, looking around. And I sent you all a video of it. He got yeah. his nose in the bush. And mm-hmm. he starts eating the tops, Steve, off these little raspberry bushes. Mm-hmm. And then there's some red berry there. And he's eating that. And then, yeah, <laughs> my buddy with the Fish and Wildlife just sent me a text. He said, it's a robo doe. Robo doe. <laughs> robo doe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyway, we're watching this, and I'm going, that's pretty That's pretty cool. I've never seen a buck back here. And he goes, I've never seen one either. Huh. So he moves off, and here comes another one. A, you know, a little so this rag. Is, this was after the doe. Yeah, a little rag four-corner. So you got the does, and then the, the big six, and then a little four-corner. A little four-corner walks right, in, and he kind of. following the girls. He's spinning all around, sniffing the ground, just walking all, mm-hmm. doing figure eights. I'm going, well, this is interesting. So I start videotaping everything. And then all of a sudden you see him get stiff-legged. The two, the two does and the two bucks get stiff-legged, and you go, uh-oh, something's coming up that hill. And he comes up there, and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> and Mike goes, wow. Big buck. Big buck. And how big was this one? He was – He had a big six. He was four on one side. Fork and horn. So he had a – his G1 was 10 inches, Jeff. And for people that are wondering what a, a G1, on a deer's antler – you have bucks, which have antlers, and so as the antlers come up and out of their head and then they kind of swoop forward, okay, the first point that comes off of that antler is the G1, and then the next point is G2, Yep. next one after that G3, and then G4 and G5. It keeps on going. I mean, some deer, most deer will have a main beam, which is the right. main beam coming off of the skull, and that's what reaches out forward. And then all the the tines that are sticking up, those are the G's. Yeah. And uh, the G's can, I don't know what the world's record is for the number of G's coming off of a main beam, but most deer have three G's. So so you have G, or excuse me, four, G, one, two, three, four. Right. And then some get bigger. You get a uh, a G5, and then all of a sudden that's getting kind of crazy. But anyway, just want to explain to people what – the G's were. They're points off of the main beam of an antler. So, the, so, that, so that first one that we're talking about, it looked like uh, – The big six. Yeah. It w- looked like a – what do you call that? The, they give the G.I.s K-bar. The what? The, the, the big knife. That would be G.I. Joe's knife yeah. back in the day. You like <laughs> like Rambo's knife yeah, you're talking Rambo about. Like it, it had one that came up, and you're looking That's at it. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> That's a knife. Fifty yards away, we're looking at it, and I'm going, "Wow!" And Mike goes, "Yeah, that's a big, that's his brow tine was his a brow big tine bladed twelve inches. B- wow, twelve inches on, every the fir- bit. on the first deer. Yep, that big six. No, 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 on the big, on the last, the one. last one that came up the hill. Oh, the really? Twelve inch. These deer are four, four on one side. One of them was twelve inches, <laughs> oh. sticking way out, snow, oh. snow white, snow white. And then the left one. Do you get a must, picture of that one? Couldn't get him to stand oh. still. Mm. Oh. He was his chest was puffed out, the fur on the back of his neck was sticking up like like a cat's, like mm-hmm. he was pissed. He's posturing. 
Oh, yeah. He's, He's letting the other boys know I'm the boss. Stiff-legged, and I'm going, holy crap, there's going to be a fight in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And the other two went, zoop. See ya. They got out of there. They yeah. were gone. They didn't want to tangle. All right, hold on. Let's take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll we're going to return to Pennsylvania with Captain Kurt. Jeff Logman here, Captain Steve Mullen, right here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. So a guy over at the consignment boat sales, he just listed a 2016 Sportsman 207 Masters Bay Boat powered by Yamaha 115 four-strokes. Got low hours. Got a Simrad GPS, VHF, washdown, stereo, aluminum trailer, asking 36.5. So at uh, consignment boat sales, you can buy that boat, or if you need to sell your boat, Bay boat, flats boat, or skiff, just call Guy at 904-249-6225, or you can visit jacksboating.com. All right, let's uh, let's go to the phone line before we return to Pennsylvania. John has several questions for us this morning. And by the way, me, Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz, and Captain Steve Mullen sitting in for a favor. We've upgraded. Morning, John. Hey, how you doing, fellas? Doing good. good, man. Good morning. I'm glad I caught you. Okay, so I'm down in... Um, Key Colony Beach, right. Marathon, and uh, down here working for the next four months. I haven't fished since the 90s, I'm sorry to tell you. But we have this beautiful pier, and um, I've just got me a little spinning wheel set up, jig head, been using artificial. But last night, the snook and tarpon were all over the pier. And you're where now? Key, Key Colony, Colony Beach in Marathon. You're in Marathon, yeah, yeah. Florida. Okay. Yes, sir. Keys. The keys, okay. Oh, yes, sir. In the keys, in nice. the keys. Nice. Working. And um, so, yeah, I, so I'm working, just got three dozen live shrimp, fixing to go see what they think about that. Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, good size snook I saw. Like, everything looked like they were at least two foot big. Okay, well, let me so, let me give you a little tip about snook. Okay. The, the more junk you have on your on your tackle, yeah, less the less chance it. you are. Them, them things now, they got great eyes, great vision, and for snook, the the great way to catch them, especially if you have live shrimp, if you can free line those shrimp, if you've got like mm-hmm. about a forty pound fluorocarbon leader, just a hook with a little short uh, live bait hook, yeah, no, and no weight, no weight, no nothing, and float those shrimp across the snook, and you'll catch them. Top water, huh? But you cannot. Yeah, that have clear water. They a can swivel. See so well, you can't have. Uh, you might be able to get away with a cork. As long as you got a long leader, but it's better to free line them. Yeah, and uh, and that's the ticket on them. I mean, Steve, you 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 yeah. caught snook. Yeah, I've done a lot of snook fishing down towards Fort Pierce yeah. and south, and you've got to go as thin and clear as you can on the line, whatever you can get away with. And I've had real good success with fast moving, quick darting little fish. Like if you can get cigar minnows, oh, yeah. or anything jigged up that just really gets frantic. Sometimes those snook will be so finicky. Snook get bored. Yeah, they do. You know, snook are kind of like. Give you a quick, quick example, John. Snook are like a cat yeah. with a mouse. Yeah. If the mouse ain't moving. Jiggling around. He just kind of sits there and watches it. interested. But if all of a sudden that mouse starts freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They'll jump on it. That snook is all over it. And they don't have them down there, but I've actually taken uh, mud minnows from B&M down to the south. And if they don't turn on to those shrimp and stuff, 
the old fat mud minnow gets their attention mm-hmm. too sometimes. Well, man, they were put on a show last night. They yeah. were just, it was a lot of shrimp in the water and they were just ripping them. Well, that's good news. But uh, all, all I really had was artificial. Uh, I hooked something with a Rapala and uh, he, he just spit it out. I guess I'm a little rusty. But uh, well, my setup right now is a quarter inch jig head and live shrimp. I don't have a lot of tackle. Just kind of getting going down here. Yeah, no, I tell you, uh, the guides that I fished with over in Naples, which is not too far from where you are, mm -hmm. all they use is just a single hook and a split shot. That's it. Gotcha. And and then at the most, I mean, and I wouldn't, if you can, freeline it. Yeah. I mean, that's literally. And if you put the shrimp on there, hook the shrimp by the right above their little brain, right underneath the horn, so that they're kicking. They're they're alive. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. I appreciate it, fellas. All right, John. Good luck. Good luck to let you. Let us know how you do. Call yeah. us next week and let us know. Pictures. Okay, I will. I will. Thank All you, right, John. Man. Good luck. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, so let's go back to Pennsylvania on the porch. Uh, it's not quite 11 o'clock. Bucks are rolling. you got a monster buck in the backyard. This is 8 o'clock in the morning. The big monster comes back there at 8.15, and he's got four big ones on the side, way outside of his ears. Mm-hmm. The left side is all messed up, so obviously he's been injured on his right side because his left side of his rack. Well, there's is two all two things that can happen. Up. They say, according to the biologists, if you have a a buck that has one antler that's messed up, okay, and one that's normal, mm-hmm. is that they can have an injury on the opposite side of the body somewhere. Exactly, which is kind of weird, right? You get if you like so like if a deer gets an injury on his back left leg, his right antler sometimes will get messed up. Right. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that can happen, too, is that the pedicle, when the antler is growing, can get damaged. Yeah, he bumps into something. and Or some, whatever. I mean, a lot of things can happen, or it could have, I mean, anything happen. Anything happening to the growth of the antler when it is growing, it can make it deformed in some fashion. And it was. It was deformed. It only had, it had four on one side and only had three on the other. Okay. And they were all messed up. And they were kind of spindly, but they were real long. I mean, oh, they go long. Cool deer to get. Oh. It yeah. was beautiful. Deer. What was your crossbow at this point? Uh, I, I had my my new uh, Matthews. Oh, you had that? Oh, yeah. You I had, had that, it. I had it right there slaying on the bench. Mm. The and first deer he thought about. The second one's like, eh. The third yeah. one's like, come on. I know. <laughs> now, see I sent that picture to Todd that owns the farm, and he goes, all he says is, take your shot. <laughs> What's your problem? Take your shot. Now, see, I would have been like Steve there. I mean, the first one that comes out, okay, kind of a big six, I would have been like, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. But I, you know, and then on your shoulder, they had No, he was funny. He would look up and look at us, the big one. Yeah, and then he'd look back at the does, and then every once in a while he'd turn up there and look up there, and make sure we weren't moving, and then look back at the does. I had a sneaking suspicion. What do you think he weighed? <sighs> Two seventy-five. <laughs> he looked like a pony. That's a good one. I mean, the deer are giant. Oh. The freaking deer up there are just. It's just crazy. I saw a six point the first set I said I had back in the woods on the farm, and he walked up under me, and I looked at him, and I was like, "That deer would raid up with any big buck we have." Oh yeah, in South, South Georgia. Yeah, all day long. And he was. And a, give people an idea of of kind of these the deer weights, like our, our deer in Florida. You know, if you if you get a big buck, and just like South Georgia, like Fargo, right, one hundred thirty pounds. What for a, a buck? Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe a hundred. If you get a real big one, I think I killed one one year. 
that I had to go get Caleb to help me load it in the truck. It weighed like 145. Right. 150, maybe. Right. I mean, so. That's a big deal. And there's other places in the state, don't get me wrong, that might have a but deer we're, that we're weigh 160. We're talking coastal bucks. Right. These are called Flats Woods deer. Whereas you go to middle Georgia, Alabama. Right. Now you're strain. looking at, you know, you're looking at 200. Different strain of deer. And the the old rule of thumb, the farther you go north, the bigger the deer get. I mean, so once you get up into Pennsylvania, hey, you get a buck, he might weigh 300 pounds. They got to, because they'll freeze to death. Yeah, you go up to Canada, same thing. I mean, you get these big-bodied, burly deer, you know? I mean, I this deer in, was, uh, was huge. In South Jersey, very rural, where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And we had lived on the Vlasic Pickle Farms, farms and they were... It was a little neighborhood dropped in the middle of the country, and uh, pheasants and deer. And at the time, my girlfriend's family was dairy farmers. So it was that kind of environment. And the deer you would see, you would have to look twice across the horse field because you weren't sure if it was a deer or a, or a horse. small horse. Yeah. They, were, they were just that big. And uh, just they didn't do when hunting season started. I tell you what, you oh, saw yeah. them all year long, and then all of a sudden they disappear. Now, but, now a lot of atypical when the racks are. Just all over the place. I guess that would be called a non-typical. Non-typical. Yeah, non-typical. My friends all hunted. I fished, but (laughs) now, now, so I always wonder. You grew up near a pickle farm? Oh man, let me tell you. (laughs) I would run. Now I'm serious. Now serious. Now this totally has me intrigued. Now you could never see the end of this farm. Just so you know, it went huge. It was. So we would run. It was, was corn it and pickles. Owned by Vlasic? It was owned by Vlasic. And no you kidding. You're it, not joking, right? There was never a building no, there. No, he doesn't joke. No. Okay, no. this is a Vlasic pickle farm. It was, and so we would run in the summertime, and we would stop and just eat these pickles of the size of watermelons. And uh-huh. You would hydrate with that and the corn off the corn, and that's how we, uh, that's how we worked out. You know, for high school, we just run through all these, these they, farms. They say that uh, pickle juice is, is great for, like, a hydrating liquid. Oh, I do it. summertime. All when the, I get yeah, cramps? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever since so what, is a, what does a pickle plant look like? I've never seen it's one. It's cucumbers. They're cucumbers. Okay. They're just big old cucumbers. So you got, they harvest all the cucumbers, and they, they pickle them and make pickles. But yeah. they're basically giant cucumber farms. I'll be as darned. As far as you can see, and the pheasants love it. Did, uh, ring, did the deer become a problem in the pickle farms? It, like like I mean, eating the cucumbers or anything? They do eat them. They would eat the corn more. They had, they had a lot of cornfields yeah. also. And they would, eat the, they would eat the cucumbers. They'd eat the corn and... Man, they were just monsters. Big old necks on them. Well, that was, you know, that's the thing that always struck me about Pennsylvania when you'd, when you'd go out to the alfalfa fields. If there wasn't a deer in there, you noted that immediately, even if it was a mile away. But if a deer walked out in that alfalfa field, like Steve said, you go, damn, is that a deer or is that a horse? You'd right. have to get the binocs big. up, Jeff, to look to make sure it wasn't a, a big a horse. body, yeah. Because the bodies are so big, and you go, oh, look at that doe. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to do a weather. Yeah, we need to and do a that. tides because we're a little bit behind on all that. But uh, we'll take that care of that. That should be fun. The, the weather. Oh my goodness! Roll the window down. <laughs> open open the blinds. You can tell what the weather what is. What is going on? Well, we're going to find out right after this, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. <laughs> All right, so uh, just a little update here at Hagen Coastal Outfitters. They've got some hot rods. I'm not talking cars. Oh. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Chris. Uh, But you can now find Temple Fork Outfitters and Bull Bay Rods at Hagen Coastal Outfitters. Those are good rods. Okay. Yeah, very good rods. So uh, if you'd like to check them out, you've got multiple locations for Hagen Coastal Outfitters. you got Yuli, Green Cove, Mandarin, 
And I'm missing one. I'll think of it in a minute. You better talk to the marketing but hey, person. But if you got a Hagen Coach Lafferty, the boss might get a little mad, do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah you better know toast. that. You're so toast. I'm probably doing that maybe on purpose. You're, hmm. you're going to lose the endorsement. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Easy, big fella. Oh, Lordy. Uh, hey, uh, today, it's me, Must Jeff Lockett, Captain Kirk Walsh, Captain Steve Mullen. Uh, Mr. Uh, we, you know, we've had <laughs> we've, we've had Brother James, okay, which has been yeah. one of our guys. Oh, yeah. One of our buddies. Field reporters. And then we have Brother Dave. Yep. Okay, there's they're brothers. I mean, that's why right. we call them Brother Dave and Brother, Brother James. James. Brother Dave. Brother Dave just recently had a outfitted deer hunting trip in Illinois. Land of the Giants. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay, if Seen you want to go to one place to have an opportunity at killing one of the biggest whitetail bucks you could possibly kill. Yep. There's probably two places to go. Illinois mm-hmm. and Iowa. Yep. I mean, those are that's the land of what they call the land of the giants. And for whitetail deer, it doesn't get any better than these two places. And I Brother agree. Dave had a recent trip to Illinois and had – an experience that he's going to share with us at some point when he calls in. Okay? Very unique. If you were to kill or to go hunting and you wanted to kill the ultimate whitetail, how would you describe it? I mean, if you go to Illinois or you go to Iowa, what are you after? Man, you're just after mass. A massive antler. You just want to see mass at the base. Okay. Trophy. Trophy, okay. Trophy, now, yeah. now, now, question. Where is, I mean, antlers have a score for people that don't know, okay? And they take all these measurements and they come up with this number, okay? So for like, give you an example. For a Florida deer, if you kill one and he's 120 inches, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good buck. That's a darn good one. Okay, you kill, around here. you go to Georgia, okay, you kill one that's 130, 140 Done. You got a really nice deer. You've done something. What's that okay. called? Kirk Crockett and Boone something. something Boone and Crockett. Boone and Crockett. It's yeah. just scoring. I don't, yeah, scoring. Scoring. I don't yeah, know exactly what. By it the is. inches. Yeah. It's just a scoring system by inches. And so then, if yeah. if you go in Georgia, some places in Georgia, you might get one that's one seventy, which is very rare. Oh yeah. But as you go to Iowa and you go to Illinois, a one fifty. That's average. I mean, that's that's fairly common that's a good one it's a great deer but it's n- normal but it's pretty common it's pretty normal and in georgia that would be rare that would okay? be a giant now you start to get into the 170s and 180s that's what you go to iowa and illinois for now the people that literally are consumed by deer go there and hope to get what they call a buck of many lifetimes Oh yeah, you're, which then you're talking about something that's 200 inches. You're talking something that'll make you go gulp, go wow. You you get you see or you get a 200 inch buck. Your knees are knocking in Illinois or Iowa. You're 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 one of the few people that ever killed one. Yeah, ever. <clears throat> and it's that's how rare it is. Yeah. So anyway, Dave, brother Dave, is going to call in and share a story with us from Illinois that he actually is actually driving back right now as we speak. So I'm looking forward to this to, to you guys hearing the story and people hearing the story because it is truly amazing. Well, it's like the farm I hunt on. You know, I 
Todd allows me to go into his man cave, which is the barn. So he's I've hurt. seen that barn. That That's barn is impressive. something else. And so I go you in there. You pictures of that. That's pretty nice. And I'm getting dressed in there, and I'm putting my camo on, and, you know, you're walking around, and, and you're kind of – and you just – you're standing there in awe. And, and I go, so these aren't the bucks that made the trophy room in the big house. These are the bucks that made the man cave in the barn. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, these aren't, these aren't the biggest. Mm-hmm. And then you go in the house, and you go, God, he's got the big ones. And you're going, holy smoke. But the ones in the barn – or 150s and 160s and 170s. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going, gosh almighty. And they're, and, they're, and they're killing them on this farm. I mean, he shows from the time when he was allowed to hunt it as a kid to the time present day, and you're just going, golly. And I've seen them. Last year I saw one that was just enormous, and I missed him. Hmm. Um, I didn't see any. It's funny, I didn't see any big bucks in the woods or on the alfalfa fields this year or the soybean fields at all, but I saw some giant does. Mm. You know. Well, that's sometimes how it goes. All right, let's do a it's hunting. updated weather, updated tides, and Chris just kind of keep an eye out for Brother Dave calling in. Let's, do a, let's start with a weather forecast brought to you by the Bearded Pig, the best barbecue in Jacksonville. Not even close. Oh, Brisket sure. is exceptional. And uh, if you really want to have my, my favorite meal there is the Frito pie. And people say, what is it? It's a bag of Fritos. It's got some bean dip. It's got some lovely meat right on top of it and a little bit of sauce on top. And it's <laughs> exceptional. Yeah. So uh, Kings Avenue and at the beach, two locations. All right, the weather synopsis is this. A strong storm will continue to intensify offshore the local Florida coast today. Frequent gusts of storm force are expected. And Kirk just brought up the uh, Windy app, which is showing the circular rotation, which is just to the south-southeast of us. It's incredible. It really I mean, is. It looks like it oh, looks yeah. like a tropical storm. The surface low will begin to track farther offshore this evening. Winds further weaken Sunday into Monday as surface high pressure builds northwest mm-hmm. of the region. But advisory conditions will continue due to elevated seas due to large swells from the Atlantic storm system. The high Builds northeast of the region through midweek with a continuation of elevated seas. What does that mean? Today, north winds 35 to 40 knots with frequent gusts to 50. Seas 10 to 14 feet, 10-second intervals. Extremely rough on the intercoastal waterway. Showers and a slight chance of thunderstorms in the morning, then showers likely in the afternoon. Yeah. Tomorrow, northwest winds 20 to 25 knots, seas 7 to 10 feet. 10-second intervals, rough on the intercoastal, slight chance of showers. Monday, north winds, 15 to 20 knots, seas 7 to 10 feet. Tuesday, north winds, 10 to 15, seas 6 to 9. Stay off the water. Wednesday, (laughs) northeast winds, 10 to 15 knots, seas 5 to 7 feet. Whoo! That's about as tropical as tropical can get right there. Okay, for tomorrow. That's awful. It's unreal. On game day. Okay, got the Buffalo Bills coming to town. <laughs> Warmer, partly cloudy highs in the mid-60s, northwest winds, 10 to 15 miles per hour. All right. That'll be great for that kicking on the, game. On the stand. Or it should be great for the punting game. It'll be well, great for the tee. It'll make it interesting. It'll blow the tee, uh, blow it off the tee a few times. All right, so let's take a break a little wonder, early. I wonder if that wind will affect an onside kick. What about kick? the tides? Need to do a tides. All right, let's do tides real quick, and then we'll take a break. Brought to brought to you by Angie Subs. Right there at the corner of Beach and Penman. Was there yesterday? Did you really? The wife, the daughter, 
Wife had a gluten-free wrap. Taylor yeah. had the chicken nice. fingers and French See, fries. There are I had food a, options there. I had a Dr. Bang Scrippy. Give it to me crunchy. Man. With the uh, barbecue you, Fritos. You, you like Fritos. Yeah. There's, there's no French doubt in my mind. Oh, my God. I like you are a Frito. Too, Jeff. Have I'm you noticed you. that he's off the Peruvian now? Yeah, like he's, he's all about this Dr. Bang Scrippy thing. I have. No, I, I, I had a Peruvian the last time I was there. Monday I had a Peruvian. You know what's really <laughs> the tragedy of it all? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, seriously. I, I actually, Chris. Chris. Come back from Seattle on the red eye. And so. You had I, one in your bag? I had a doctor's appointment That's at 11. So fantastic. I do that. It happened to be near Angie's. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm close, you know. So I pull up in there. And who, who's pulling in right in front of me? Ed. Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah. Nice. So me and Gordon had a Two lunch date, a pod. and I had a proving on Monday, and then yesterday I had the Dr. Bang script. They just so. need to name one after you, and you guys figure out what it is. And then, it's got uh, something to do with Fritos. I did Fritos in it. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be top Fritos. Fritos. And Peruvian sauce. I had, yep. I had willpower on Monday. I did not get the fries. There you go. I had no willpower yesterday. I was going to say, fries you, for you, two. You can only be so know. strong. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, what does that so anyway, mean for tides for today? High, high tide at 9.39 a.m. in Jacksonville Beach. Low tide at 3.12, or actually 4.05 p.m. And, yeah, folks, so it's going to be off the Richter scale. It's going to be really high. At high tide, they're showing seven feet and some change. At least. And it's so, going to be a high I heard. Tide. I heard that uh, yeah. Fernandina today is expecting the fifth highest tide ever recorded. Yeah, I saw that. I believe Since it. 1898 or something crazy yes. like that? Yes, I saw that. I believe it. All right, let's take a break now. Okay, that's uh, Tide Support always brought to you by Angie Subs. If you haven't been there, uh, best sub shop You're in Jacksonville. Out. And also the best French fries in Jacksonville. All right, let's take this break here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. We come back. Brother Dave has got a story from the land of the Giants, Illinois. Right after this. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Don't forget Nimnik Chevrolet 1550 Cassett Avenue with the best price guarantee. You always do better at Nimnik Chevrolet. Let's go to the phone lines. Bring up Brother Dave this morning. He's got a story. Fresh from Illinois, as he's returning from right now on a incredible deer hunt that he was at. Good morning, brother Dave. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. So you're you're in the truck now, driving home? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, somewhere in central Illinois, cruising along here. Wow. All right, That's so a long drive. Take so uh, you yeah. you got a trip to Illinois, and it's a, a outfitter, correct? Like a guided hunt that you guys uh, signed up we're for? Out. Yeah, a good buddy of mine from Georgia. Uh, contacted us about this he's been hunting up here with this guy uh he it's a self-guided deal he's got a lease on three or four small farms and uh you lease you basically uh puts two guys on each farm for five days and it's self-guided so there's a few stands on some of them but you bring your own stands and, and you just kind of find them yourself and do your thing you know and 15 inch minimum and eight points or better and uh so second day me and my buddy Corey are on this farm, and I'm, he goes one way, and I go the other, and I'm sitting on the back of this bean field. Hey, uh, you, right you, about, you, in a climber, you put up? No, I was on a stand that was already there, a big ladder stand, okay. about a 20-foot ladder. Okay. It's about 20 yards from the property line of the neighboring farm. So, we, of course, we're texting back and forth first thing in the morning, and 
it's not even daylight yet. It's probably 40 minutes before daylight. We had just gotten settled in. We heard people in the woods talking. (laughs) And he said, man, it sounds like they're on the farm we're on. And they were talking loud. And then it got quiet for a little bit. Corey said, it sounds like they're tracking a deer. Like, six o'clock in the morning? So, sure enough, you know, they get louder and louder, and they get right in behind me, 30 yards behind me. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, found him. And oh, then no. the next year, next you hear is like three or four more people come up there, the lady with them and all, and they all start, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I must have heard, oh, my God, 50 times. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I, my buddy Corey says, I'm calling the outfitter. So he called the outfitter up. Of course, the outfitter comes out. We're standing there. It takes him about 20 minutes. He drives out there and comes walking down the field to me. And I'm standing there talking to him. And go, I said, yeah, they're right in here behind the stand. So he walks back there. And this young kid comes walking out. Outfitter kind of chewed his butt a little bit. And he goes, look, I did everything I was supposed to do. I called the landowner last night. I shot this deer on the neighboring farm last night. I called the landowner, Chris. Told him that, asked permission to come in here and look for this deer this morning. He said he was not aware anybody was hunting his so he should have called the outfitter, which he didn't. So these guys were in there looking for the deer, not knowing anybody was hunting the farm. Mm. So anyway, I got down and walked back there. And uh, so they, had some fam- they had this famous tracker up there that works up in this area named Tracker John. I guess he's from New he, York. He has been brought, by the way, Brother Dave, Tracker John, has. Uh, he, he is a little bit of a celebrity. He is considered oh, yeah. one of the best uh, deer tracking guys that there is and he uses dogs yeah and yep. he's been on numerous television shows in the past and uh and of course when he's tracking in that area which you're hunting in an area which is known for having giant deer yeah obviously oh, that's yeah. helped his reputation too absolutely absolutely yeah he works for a lot of these big outfits uh the high dollar place he's, i think he's tracked for the jury brothers and all that so uh so anyways I walked back there and I sent pictures to my brother and I think I think he saw him. But oh my God, this is this deer was probably twenty three inches, twenty four inches wide, giant main beams, giant points. I mean, like he had times that were fifteen inches tall, maybe, and splits and Jeez. all this extra. I mean, I, this deer had to have been over two hundred. And he was just a giant. Yeah, like Jeff showed me the pictures. Can can we put enormous. that on the Outdoor Show Facebook page? Yeah, I think you can now. He asked not to post anything until the owner did, but I'm sure he has by now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What a monster. It's it, Yeah, it's a giant. That had to make so, you sink a little bit in the stand, though, didn't it? Oh, yeah, because he was coming out the trail and came right underneath my stand where he died. Jeez. He would have walked. He would have came right out that bean field where I was sitting. So, mm. And then while I'm sitting there talking to the kid that shot him he shot him the night before and he got shot him or shot him down to hit him low and or hit him high in the back way back and came out through his gut so they tracked him 400 yards the night before lost the blood trail so then they brought track to john i don't know how they got hold of him because that guy doesn't give out his phone but uh they had a connection i guess and they got him out there and they he found him and he had a he had a uh, black and tan bloodhound little female named Bella, because I heard him say, good girl, Bella, about 50 times. But, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. And then uh, I was sitting there talking to the guy, the kid that shot him, and he showed me all his 
some of his trail cam pictures of some of the other deer that are running back and forth between those two properties. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it makes you hunt a little harder when you see those pictures. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. I mean, hey, th- th- this is a deer of a lifetime. Yep. Yeah. And and you know what? His buddy told me, one of the guys with him says, the funny thing is, that's not his best deer. I'm like, what? Wow. He's a local kid, and I guess he's been hunting up there a long time, but he shot, uh, I guess he shot one or two bigger than that. Wow. I just sent the pictures to Chris, and uh, we're going to get Chris to put it up on the uh, Facebook page so that people can hear or can see the pictures of what Brother Dave is talking about because this buck, Brother Dave, if this thing came under you on the hoof live and you're in a stand, you're bow hunting. I mean, you got your bow with you. Yeah. this this is something that you dream of. It's like a donkey oh, with horns. Absolutely. And I saw, uh, I didn't hunt yesterday because we were getting things cleaned up, but a couple of guys did. But the night before, the last night I hunted the farm, uh, we four of us were spread out there, and I saw an eight point at 100 yards. I've got some pictures of him at a distance that was probably 150, 160-ish as an eight point giant. That's giant eight point. deer. In the same little area where that deer died. Oh. Right there by the Unbelievable. Well, you know, I hunted up there, I guess it was six years ago, five or six years ago, with Larry Minyard. And we we were up there for eight straight days and hunted hard. And mm-hmm. I remember at one point the deer were rutting pretty good, and I grunted one in and rattled one in, and it came up under the stand, and Larry had seen it. And he was texting me. He was going, shoot it. And I was looking at it, and it was an eight point, but the rack was so small, I was like, no, nah, I ain't shooting it. And he goes, shoot it. It's a big deer. And it never registered with me that the body was so big, it made the horns look small. No, absolutely. And then he killed one that was, I think it was an eight or a 10. And it, it the horns were big, but when we walked up to the body, we both started laughing because it was such an enormous sized deer. My buddy Kevin shot it, shot a nine point the first night or Monday night out of his stand. And that deer, when he walked up on it, he was like, oh my God, this deer is huge. And uh, they played hell getting that thing out of the woods. I'm telling you, Dave, did you guys get weights on any of the deer that you you guys got? Because I know you got one too, which was a great deer. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, Kevin's weighed. We weighed his. Weighed, we thought it was going to be three hundred, but when we put it on the scale, two hundred fifty-two pounds. Wow! Mm. But it, it was a, it was a big deer. Mine was prob, mine was wasn't that big. I think mine was about two ten, two twenty. I think the one I shot was three. That's a big animal. Yeah, though. I know the one that Larry killed. Dave, we walked up to it, and I, I grabbed a horn, and he grabbed a horn, and we had to drag that deer three hundred yards, and we couldn't drag it twenty, and we both fell down twice laughing. And I said, Larry, there's no way we're dragging this deer 300 yards out of this hole. I said, it's not happening. I could, and and the property we're hunting, you know, it's these everything they plant is up on the flat high ground. Yep. As soon as you get off the field, they drops into these gullies and ditches that are deep. Right. And if one of those deer, that 300 pound deer, fell down. I don't know how we would have had to quarter him up. There's no way to. There would be no way to drag that deer out. Yeah. Wow. We had to go. Larry had to go knock door to door and find a farmer with a four wheeler. To get that deer out, I'll never forget mm. it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so uh, obviously, with <laughs> what you guys saw going back next year, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, I think we already got all our paperwork. So, yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, holy cow. Everything I... I was sending pictures to James. He's like, count me in for next year, too. So Heck, that's yeah. yeah. That's a great story, though. It is, is still a great story. I mean, if, if you had to guess, Brother Dave, score the, the antler, 200? 180? Oh, uh, yeah, oh, he's 190-plus, absolutely, all day long. I would think he'd be close to 200. I mean, the, pa- the palmation on those horns are unbelievable. Yeah, the mass alone. He's probably got, I don't know, 45, 50 inches of mass. He's somewhere big. Could you eight did you did you grab it at the base of the horns, the antlers? Uh, no, you can't get your hands around that. They were uh, probably seven inches. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's bigger than a beer can. Yeah, man. They're about the size of a beer can. That's incredible, yep. man. God. Mine ran down. When I shot mine, he ran down into one of those gullies and started up the other side. He made it just about to the top and then I heard him crash and he rolled about halfway back down and lodged against the tree, thank God. So we only had to pull him uphill about 40 yards to get him out of there. Wow. Unreal. What a great story, yeah, though. I mean, that's uh, awesome and what story. a great experience. I mean, I, I look, even though we had, we had absolutely the best weather. I mean, this was like a trip that was just meant to be because the way my deer, I shot my deer, my buddy Corey was sitting across the field. He saw the deer coming down the tree line that I was on and said, texted me real quick and said, I threw everything at the book at him. I couldn't get him to come my way. He's coming right at you. Turn around, get ready. So I turned. I just stood up, turned around, grabbed the bow, and here he comes down, and he stops at 40 yards. I thought he was going to walk right underneath me on the edge of the field. He stopped 40 yards away, instead of 90, went across the field, hit a scrape, and was getting ready to walk away, and I grabbed my horn, and I tickled him just enough to where he could hear it. He whipped his head around and did an immediate 180, came walking straight back, Dropped into the woods 25 yards to my south and was just about to get in my wind when I shot him through a hole and he went 30 yards and died. Oh, like, it, was man. Meant, it was like it was meant to be. Yeah. That's a great story, man. That's one of those. I, I'll I, never I think forget. that's a lesson. Brother Dave, you bring something up there about putting the horns together. Yep. Patience. Yep. I mean, a lot of people that might be in the woods, I mean, they don't carry a set of rattling horns or a rattle pack it, or man. a grunt tube. I mean, I'll, that's I'll, dope. I'll, that's man. I would have never killed that deer if I wouldn't have had those horns. You know, you know, the thing, it was so funny. When, when Larry and I went up there, the louder you were, the more they liked it. Hmm. It's not like yeah. these southern deer where you had to kind of be subdued. I mean, in your, in your doe bleats or, or your grunts, you know, where down here, you, you, I, I used a small grunt tube. Up there, it was like, it was like a bullhorn, as, as loud as you wanted, and they liked it. Oh, man. yeah. Them all, horns, buddy. I, yeah, the, the horns I had. I had an old set. I've had them for 60 years. I had this deer mount in my bedroom when I was a kid, and it got so rotten, like, I took it apart and cut the horns off of it, and those are my rattling horns because it's a big set from Indiana, and they're heavy, and they they got a real deep sound when you hit them together, and that's what you need up there because those deer, you know, they're used to hearing big deer fighting. Now, wait a minute. How old are these horns? 60 years old. 60. Not six, yeah. 60. I thought I heard that. 60. Well, I'm 63 for crying out loud. I had him when I was a kid. Yeah. I, amen. I hear you. Yeah. Well, congratulations. What a great trip. And we appreciate nice work, you man. sharing the story and the pictures. And Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's awesome. And uh, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, what a great story. I just want to say, I'm getting old. It's getting hard to hump them hit. Oh, we lost him. Thank you, Brother Dave. Yep. Sorry about that. We lost him. We, the timing was good. I mean, he's what a great he's on the road. Yeah, he's on the road, and we, we Chris did put the pictures up. 
I did. That's They're incredible. on our Facebook yeah, page, yeah, and uh, mm. are they on our Instagram nice, page as well? That's just I, I don't have access to that. All right, so. I will. Uh, I will have our uh, social media guru. So guru looks fake. The incredible picture of this deer is that he got two good shots laying on its side, and then he took one. I guess he got down on the ground and took a picture back towards the deer. Yeah, where you can see both sides of the racks. That picture, Kurt, looks like a red stag from here. I mean, it he does. Massive. That's huge. Massive. It's gigantic. Can, can you imagine though? You're going to Illinois, and the first morning you're hunting, you're in a ladder stand, and and you hear people, and you're like, oh, now you're all upset. But then you get to see something, You've even though seen. that somebody else got it. I mean, that's that's a treat to be able to see an animal that'll, of that nature. That'll put you in awe. But then to think, if you were there the day before, mm. or the day before that, you might have got them. Or if he starts showing you game kick pictures of deer that big yeah, or bigger that were still in the area that are still there walking That's around. That's cool. Yeah, book me for next year. I'm sitting for I eight got that hours. Kid's phone number. Marathon sits, you know. Yeah, brother Dave, don't. I'm not getting down for lunch. I'm bringing a bag. There's going to be a bunch of people going. I got to get in touch with this brother Dave guy, man. I got to get this name this place. I'm bringing a bag anyway. lunch. All right, I'm let's not- take a break. We come back. We're going to do an LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. And uh, don't forget now, if you've got a little piece of waterfront heaven, you want to make it even better. CNH Marine Construction can handle it. They do docks, bulkheads, boat lifts, boathouses. They do anything to make your little piece of waterfront heaven top notch. Go to the homepage of outdoorshow.com and just click on the CNH Marine Construction link. They've helped me out many times through the years. And to dial in this morning, 904 641 1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. When I hear that music, I know it's Saturday morning and it's the 8 o'clock hour has hit us because it's time now for the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. LV Hires supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the southeast and they can handle all the technical aspects. They do tank monitoring, but it's not only the fuels, they do lubricants as well. If you go to LVHIERS.com, you can... Understand exactly what they do, but they can help your business and job site roll with the fuel coming in whenever you need it. This week's LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week comes from Captain Kirk. Last week, he was talking about a rangefinder by Bushnell, the ARC, which is the Angle Range Compensator Rangefinder. Great, great one too, by the way. I love this it. week, this is an excellent gear tip. One of the most important things that you can do when you hunt is to know the wind. And there's something from Dead Down Wind. It's called a wind checker. Yeah, basically it's just like talcum powder, except it doesn't have any scent to it. It's just a real fine powder. And, I, you know, even when I'm going hog hunting, you know, we'll go up there into Fargo in, in January and February, and we'll, we'll slow track hogs through the woods. You've got to beat their nose. And the same thing with a white-tailed deer. It's so critical. When, when I would go into the stand in Pennsylvania, I always had this with me. And even though you're looking at your iPhone now and you you know you can go to Windfinder and find out what direction the wind's blowing up there. I was down in Middletown and I would try to you know figure out which way the wind was blowing. It would move a little bit because when you're in those draws and you're in the hills like that, the wind has a tendency to shift around a little bit and a wind checker is real critical because it allows you to to know what you know your bad areas are where the where where a deer comes in and he comes downwind of you. He smells you. You're busted. Go on. And they're going to leave. Now, up there, I've noticed 
further north you get, the deer seem to be a little bit more tolerable of human set. They're just not as as wound up as these deer in the south are, and I think a lot of it has to do with predation. But this thing's not very expensive. It's like $5.99. You can get them at Strike Zone. I always go in, and I don't just buy one. I always buy three because I go through them like crazy. You're constantly squeezing it, in other words? Yeah, I've always got it in my right vest pocket, and I'll pull it out. And especially if I see some movement off in a distance, and I know the deer haven't come in close yet. They're a couple hundred yards out or 150 yards out or whatever. I'll pull it out and do a couple puffs to kind of figure out what my my bad zone is. I always want to know what the bad zone is because if that deer walks into that bad zone and he smells you, he's going to start blowing, and then he lets every other deer in the woods know that you're sitting there, and it freaks them out. So it, it's just a great little extra, you know, so predation is that a word? I think so. You could use that on the boat too, Kurt. It's see, predation, I think. Predation, whatever. I think predation, it's predation. Whatever. predation. Which side of the boat to Thank go you. off of. Thank you, Chris. Check that wind. <laughs> but <laughs> Kirk's got you know? his wind checker on the boat, even. <laughs> yeah, you gotta no, know which way to go off. No, of. I don't use. You don't it want to do it into the wind. Very so. funny. <laughs> with some of the gas you have every now and again. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I need it in here with you the way you fart, man. <laughs> You'd melt the doggone paint off these walls sometimes. Set the set the boat up You're, to where Kirk got a bad scent going. Kirk was always too. trying to set himself upwind. Good gosh, so that he can crop dust everybody. Give one to each of your customers. <laughs> yeah, and always, hey folks, when you use this thing, you take it out of your pocket, you shake it, and you hold it upright and hit it. Because if you turn it upside down and you hit it, you'll dump out. A third uh, all of it, right? All, all, the, all the stuff will come out. Yeah. You hit it one time, and the next thing you know, you got a 50 foot Shake bloom. it a little bit, and then keep it upright and squeeze upright, it, right? Squeeze it. That's okay. Right. All right. And uh, yeah. what, what do we what do you call that? You got a term for that? Shaking it and squeezing it upright? It's called wind checking. <laughs> wind checking. <laughs> That's your LV oh, Hire Zeke. Man. Gear tip of the week. Oh, Very that funny. door is open. Oh, Always oh, is. Want to like walk a, through it? It's like a revolving door. Chris. Because, you know, I, I mean, I, it's kind of. Kind of interesting because, you know, there. I think there's actually a segment of guys that we know, Kirk, okay, that follow your Kirkisms. Yeah. They love it. It's true. They love it. The, 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 uh, you know, I've, I've got some odd euphorisms. There's no he, doubt. Here's the crazy thing. Out of the ear, you know? and, and it's kind of like Bill Dance. Yeah, like euphorism. Pull stuff out of his wazoo. You euphorism is one. Last Saturday. It's last a euphemism. Sa- but, Last Saturday, okay. old Bill, there was some of the stuff he said. I was sitting on the back porch listening to y'all after I talked to y'all, and he's a funny guy. He's funny as all get out. I mean, some of the stuff he said, I can't remember some of those old country sayings, but they were pretty funny. He two, was two degrees off plum was my two, favorite. Two degrees off plum. Was it plum. two or three? It was two. Two, two degrees, degrees off plum. plum. I wrote that down. I wrote a few of them down. I've got uh, got a page of little notes that I wrote down and some of the things I was that he back said. There just cracking up I'm it was going, fantastic i mean and, and what a uh, funny guy man yeah he's he, guys, think about it now you guys the guy's done over 2500 tv shows mm. i mean crazy all right we'll get to that here in just a minute because top gun's been hanging on long enough let's go ahead and bring up top gun this morning get a little top gunism yeah i feel the need for speed What's going on, fellas, on this beautiful day? I think you could go down to the Mayport ramp, get out of that red truck of yours, and hold your wings up, and you'd get all the speed you need. <laughs> I'm telling you, we had early, and I bet you they were at least two 50-mile-an-hour gusts. I don't doubt it. I Somebody sent me a text just a minute ago, Top Gun, 
and they said there was there was a a chart that he sent me, and he said they were gust up to seventy miles an hour. Man, at, yeah, I believe it. At five thirty, six o'clock this morning. Exactly. I was on the back porch drinking coffee, and I'm like, man, is this a hurricane or something? Yeah, tropical system for sure. Crazy. Well, I got a question for you boys, but before I ask the question, I have a couple of things to get through first. Uh, number one, Top Gun salute, Atlanta Braves, world champs. Way to go, boys. It's about time. I loved it. I it actually, was I was on my way to Georgia Tuesday night, Top Gun, and I get there. And uh, turn the TV on, and and there's a game, and I'm like, and I knew that Houston and Atlanta was in the World Series, and and Gerald was there, and I said, hey Gerald, what is this game two or game three? He goes, it's game six. If Atlanta wins, it's over. I'm yeah. like, where have I been? I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was a quiet series. It seemed. <laughs> it seemed. Yeah, I watched them all. They were good. But they, I, they played great. They the that that last game Atlanta was on. Fire. Well, the last play, oh. you know, they hit a, a drive to the third baseman and he stutters for just a second. And you got to think, what's going through his mind? If I make this throw perfect to first base and put this guy out, we win. And he just kind of does a little stutter and then you see him flip it and it comes straight across the mound and the guy on first base catches it and it's over with. And it's like, God, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was cool. I loved it. Yeah. And the next thing. Is you've had you had a couple of guests last week on the show, and I don't know, but I was kind of thinking that if you have a guest on the show, they should have at least listened to the show one time in their life. You had the Mackerel guy on there, and he's like, "Who's Top Gun?" And I'm like, "What the what?" <laughs> he must not listen to the show, Steve. <laughs> And then you had Mr. Bill Dance on there, uh-huh. who, excellent, excellent. And he never said who's Top Gun, because he probably listened to the show. <laughs> That's right. Yep. That's Ever right. since he that met you, sense. he says, when he met you, he says, I need to check this guy out before I go fishing with him. You're giving Donaldson an earful. I'm sure he hears it. <laughs> and, man, I'm I'm telling you, that guy was something else when he – if he makes it, if everything, all systems go, and he makes it to fish with you, Logs, yeah. on, in that fishing tournament, you're going to have a ball. No, we're not going to fish the tournament. We're just going to go oh. We're going to go fish. We're, oh, okay, yeah. cool. I thought uh, you were talking about the El Chipo. No. I thought maybe he was fishing in, with you in the El Chipo. No, no, no. We, we can't interrupt the rhythm of the El Chipo. No. Gun. Right. I, mean, I, I got a yeah. team, and that ain't changing. Yeah. For the other well, team. it's yeah, it's yeah, forget still it. Be, we're not even for Bill Dance. <laughs> I got a team and it's set. Yeah. That's a success. Bill, That's I love you, but uh, he's yeah, he's not stepping in on on the team. Well, if you had him on the boat, I'm sure that if you caught like an 11 pound sheephead, he'd probably say, "Put that thing in water." I know one. You thing. had him on. He would be. I mean, we could we could add a fifth, and he would be. He would make an excellent addition to the team. Yeah, man, he's something. What an amazing guy! He is just, amazing. Just, Think about that now, I, Top Gun. You're talking about it. Bill Dance, 81 years old. Yeah, wow. And he has done well over 2,500 television shows. 
It's still and, going strong. And almost everybody, I think, that is a fisherman today knows who Bill Dance is. Oh, Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. incredible. Godfather. Hey, Top he Gun, was, hang on the line. Yeah. We're going to take a break because okay. when we come back, I want to I want to bring something up to you. And okay. we'll do that right here. Okay, folks? Uh, right. If you'd like to join in after Top Gun, and if you don't know who Top Gun is, stay tuned. You can learn more about Top Gun, 904-641-1010, if you'd like to join in after, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Oh, Jimmy could. Not like that. I think he's better. I don't know. Nope. No, they're, they're different. Yeah, different. Yeah, different. But, man, Stevie had the touch. And he had the He's English. Else now. He could put some English on a guitar. He could. He could. He'd chili whop it. Hey, if, uh, if you want to take a little <laughs> short vacation that is not that far away, which those those are usually the best vacation, why spend your time traveling when you can actually spend your time vacationing? And that's by going to Steenhatchee River Club. Some of the wintertime fishing over there at Steenhatchee is absolutely outstanding. And from what I understand, the sheephead bite over there this time of year through the winter can be oh, yeah. off the chart good. So go to the homepage of OutdoorShow.com, click on the Steenhatchee River Club link. You can rent a boat over there if you want to, or you can bring your own boat and get you a little cabin and bring your own food and cook out and fish and just enjoy the sunset yeah, and sunrise. Right. Oh, All right, so let's bring Top Gun back in because, Top Gun, I wanted to bring this up before we got you off the phone. I'm here. And that last week, Mr. Bill Dance shared the story of how the Tennessee hat came about. Did anybody ever know that story? I did not know I that. I did not know. I, didn't, I, I, didn't I know heard coach, that story. I didn't it know the coach good. gave it to him. I never, I never knew where – where that hat came from, like how it started. Mm-hmm. And so when he shared that story, I mean, it was pretty awesome. And it just so happens to be that the coach that gave him the hats, good okay, friend with uh, Coach Dickey is friends with Ford Riley. See, Ford Riley. Yeah. The world renowned artist who we know. Ironic. And so Ford texted us during the show. Yeah. Said, hey, I'm, I'm watching the game later on today with Coach. And so Ford sent us a picture of him and Coach sitting on the couch mm-hmm. watching the Florida-Georgia game. And so I took the picture and I sent it. To Bill. To Bill. And I sent it to his daughter, Pamela. And he was just thrilled to see the picture. Yeah, that's cool. So that's uh, cool. pretty cool stuff sure. there. Yeah. And that, you know, the story that goes from way back and then all of a sudden then you can – and I, I just started thinking to myself, how small is the world sometimes? I know. Right? Exactly. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. Thought you'd like to you can get a kick out of that Top Gun. Really cool. I really enjoyed uh, listening to him. And you asked some good questions, too. Well, we, we try. We try. Yeah, you did a good job. Okay, here's my question. Okay. Is it mating season for owls? Hold on. Mating season for owls? Yes. Hmm. I thought that was spring. Why do you ask? Well, I was sitting on my porch at 5 o'clock in the morning, Thursday morning, drinking my cup of coffee, and right outside my porch is a big, huge birch tree. And all of a sudden, all hell broke loose with something screaming like a madman up in that tree. 
I poured about a half a cup of coffee down the front of my shirt. <laughs> I'm like, what in the hell was that? It went on for it went on for about twenty seconds and then stopped and then started up for about another twenty seconds and then silence. My question is, do you think that was owls? Yeah. I have no idea what it was. That was they they, they get into this cadence of communicating amongst themselves when there's two or three of them close together. And it almost yeah. sounds like a troop of monkeys, monkeys up in the trees. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was loud. Oh, it, it can was be loud. Unreal. It's crazy. Had that happen yeah, when I, I was never up heard in the Fargo woods a couple of weeks ago when I was up there hunting. Well, I knew y'all would know because I couldn't figure out what it was. If it was a owl or maybe raccoons. I never heard a raccoon make a noise like that, though. No, so, it's it's wicked sounding. It gets out. It yeah. can get out of hand with it too. Oh yeah, it was it was incredible. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm glad to know that. But uh, anyway, this uh, priest woke up one Sunday morning, and it was just sun was coming up. Going to be about seventy five degrees. And he said, "Man, I sure would love to play golf today, but it's Sunday." And uh, he got it got to eating at him, so he got on the phone, called the bishop, coughed in the phone a couple of times, told him he was uh, had a fever and throwing up and couldn't even hardly get out of bed, and <laughs> said, uh, "Can you get anybody to cover for me today?" And I got a couple of appointments after church after mass, and uh, can you can you handle that? And the bishop said, "Don't you worry about a thing. I got you." He said, you just stay in bed and get better. So he got off the phone, got dressed, snuck down to his car with his golf clubs, threw them in the trunk, and took off and drove about 100 miles away to a golf course he knew because he didn't want anybody to see him, recognize him. So he gets out there and hits a few balls, goes over the first tee, 420-yard par four. He gets up there, tees up the ball, and hits the best drive of his life just screaming right down the middle of the fairway and the grass still had some dew on it so it was just a skipping when it came down and skipped all the way up to the green rolled 30 yards hit the pin and went right in the hole and he's jumping around all excited and everything and a 425 uh, hole in one yes that's a stroke and (laughs) and uh so saint peter and God are up there watching me. And St. Peter says, you know, this guy just lied to the bishop about being sick, playing golf on Sunday, and you let him hit a shot like that. And God looks at St. Peter and says, who's he going to tell? LPS, baby! <laughs> Good point. That's pretty funny. <laughs> they ain't telling nobody. <laughs> Not going to tell a soul. Oh, all right, uh, let's take a break. And uh, we come back and we'll talk a little fishing. Because uh, when this weather stops blowing, the fish bite has been pretty good. Yeah. And also, this weather kind of reminds me of, or gives me the urge to maybe go down to Guana. Been there. <laughs> I got a story for you about that from well, yesterday. We got we got to find out about that more with uh, me, Jeff Lobb, Captain Kirk Waltz, and Captain Steve Mullen right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. 
Or if you've got a garage, you want to take it next level. When I mean next level, turn it into like an additional room of your house instead of just a place to congregate junk. Call Shark Coatings. And once you have the Shark Coatings flooring done in your garage, you will never treat your garage like you did before. So poorly, the garage will actually become yeah, kind of an additional room of your house. He'll be out there sweeping and cleaning like Dan Hicken does on his shark coatings floor, rubbing out any kind of water spots. If you open the garage door and get a little stuff that blows in, it makes it better now. That's what Steve, you, you got yours, don't you? You got I, that, I do. don't you? Yeah, I love it. It's great. His is really Everything nice. Everything you said is true. It is awesome, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, it is. Steve's is, is so clean, vibe. though. If you drop a bologna sandwich on the floor, you can pick it right up and eat it. Eat it? I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But All you right, so eat a bologna sandwich? <laughs> Who, I, you, you, you guys don't? I eat it. Bologna sandwich? Come on. Bologna's I Real quick before we get on the topic of fishing, if you were going to eat a bologna sandwich, okay, and you had your – and you could do it any way you wanted to do it, Okay, the ultimate outdoor show bologna sandwich. How's it going to be, Steve? I'm pretty simple. Give me white bread mayonnaise, mm-hmm. one piece of bologna from when I was a kid. That's what I would do if I had. Okay, to. I'm doing the white extra. bread, white bread, bologna, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, one piece of bologna. Yeah, pretty simple. I do the same thing. The only exception is my mom used to fry it. So you take the bologna and put it in a skillet and mm-hmm. brown it on both sides, and then slap it in the bread. I'm gonna do the same way. I'm up. I'm gonna put it in a skillet. I'm gonna get it nice and crispy, yep. and then. And then I'm going to take the bread and I'm going to put it in a skillet. And then I'm going to put a piece of cheese on there. Like a grilled like cheese. Like a grilled cheese bologna sandwich hot yeah. melt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chris? I'm going to throw it out. <laughs> you don't eat bologna? No. You give it to that dog what? that lays no. in that bed. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 Ruby the dog. Yeah. Now, she'll eat it. Oh, there ain't no doubt she'll eat it. Oh, dogs will eat anything. Freak of if, nature. Now, I will tell you this. If it was right now, I'd have to put a fried egg on it. Mm-hmm. It was right now, and I have to take that same sandwich and put it into a brisket sandwich from the bearded pig. <laughs> okay, yeah. See now, easier. if you if you add like twenty five other ingredients, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Just disguise the bologna as much as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, but see, there's something about a fried bologna sandwich. Oh man, that's special. We lived on those as kids. Oh yeah, yeah, it's special. I mean, we come right. home for the money. Yeah. It's, it's gotta it's yeah. gotta get the bologna to curl up on the edges, and when it does, yeah. So then you, you try to get the, that little crispy on the other side. You got to take a knife and cut it, so it lays to where it lay flat back yeah. on the other side, so you can exactly. get that little brown crisp on the other side. And we used and to buy the extra thick bologna. I don't want the thick bologna. Yeah, I'll put two, I want two of them brown. Oscar Meyer. I'll never forget. If you're buying high bologna. quality, you had to peel the red off the outside. Yeah, of the high red, quality bologna. Yeah, the little <laughs> yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. rings. <laughs> Fancy. You had to peel the red. Yeah, you got to get the red off. off. Can't have that on. Have the outside. red ring off. Yeah, you got to oh, get that. Can't eat the plastic. Gosh, it's like what a sausage. happened to this show? It's like a sausage casing. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> so, just... did you say there was fishing to talk about? <laughs> Please talk fishing. All right, so the fishing stuff, fishing information. This northeaster blows in the way it's been going right now. Right. What's it going to do to the water? Because before the blow, talking to you guys, it's been the fish yeah. has been pretty good. Yeah. Steve, what, what's it going to well, do? I, I fished every day up to this weather, and um, it was it was has been great. You know, it got dirty about a day or two before the big blow, and I think that was kind of the predecessor of what was going to happen. So it's been dirty. It's been blowing hard and high. I know Captain Jeremy Alvarez fished yesterday. 
you know, a couple guys that fished the day before. They fished um, yesterday? And they caught fish. They, they caught fished fish. yesterday? They, they bent the rods. They did. They didn't have epic days, but they were able to hide and catch fish. And um, I like the water temperature now? It's 72. Okay. And I, I, I didn't have a trip, and I, I want to go down to Guana Dam. I hadn't been down there in about a year, and they did a lot of improvements and things. So, northeast wind, this time of year, you got to go. I mean, you guys know know that. So, I rolled down there without getting too deep into that story, but, boy, it was – I thought I might have a little space. No. Throw my jig, <laughs> which is what I like to do down there is throw artificials. And I got there, and it was a sign of uh, what was been happening. There was probably 10 on one side of the dam, 10 on the other. Kind of elbow to elbow, but there was some wiggle room and about five or six guys in the water. And then all of a sudden, you know what happened? That dam opened. And um, when they opened that dam up and it started flooding into the lakeside, the black drum turned on like a light switch. And it really? went from 25, 30 people fishing. In the next 30 minutes, there was probably 50 or 60 people Good coming Lord. out of these cars. You got to remember, it's northeast blowing 20 sustained rain sideways, blew my glasses off. But there's people hiding in those cars. Waiting. They were waiting, and they had buckets and coolers. You know how it gets mm-hmm. down. And everybody bailed out, and I watched. I didn't fish. I kept watching. I probably saw 100 to 150 black drum caught between 5 and 15 pounds in that hour's time frame, and it made a lot of people happy. Wow. Yeah. I guarantee you that lake is full of thousands of those drum. I mean, if one species of fish that could survive in that lake, it'd be the drum. I mean – I didn't see a redfish. I didn't see a flounder. Just it all was black, black drum, and the mullet and the shrimp were blown so hard up to that dam, you could, re- you know, you can get, reach down and pick them up right out of the water. That's how that's how thick they were. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, so the northeaster, you get a you get a really high tide. They open the dam to allow the water into the dam or into the lake. That's now, when the fish turned on. I, I don't. Yeah, I can't ever get a grasp on when they do open and close it, but it was high and it was open. Yeah. They were flooding it all in. Um, yeah. You couldn't have launched a boat even on the kayak side, on the other side, the, the south side of the dam. It was all the way up to the to the concrete there. But Oh, yeah, into the parking lot. Yeah, into the parking Ooh. lot. Yeah, it was it was deep. So it was impressive, though. The I bite, don't know. The bite was impressive. It's It was that kind of bite that makes guana guana. You know, I don't know bite. if there's a better eating fish. A puppy I love drum? Them. I love that puppy drum. They're great, drum. man. Yeah. Then, then a black drum, I mean, I, I, I would – I mean, next to the sheep's head. I mean, for me, sheep's head and black drum are it. Yeah. I'm with you right there. I'm not a fan of flounder. I'll eat it. I'm not. You know, the bigger ones, I'd rather eat the smaller ones, the 15 inches, the 16s. Yeah, the, crispy, the bigger ones, I'm just. Ones. You know, I'll eat. I prefer a 13 incher. And I'm not a big fan of a big 26 <laughs> or 27 inch redfish. I'm just kidding, because you can't keep a 13 incher. No, you can't keep. Now you got to. They got to be what 14, right? 14 inches. Yeah. yeah. I just. Well, I'm not. A, I, I mean, literally, if if if, if I have. Four or five sheep's head in a in a black drum, and then I, I catch a flounder. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm letting it go. I mean, just because I mean, look, I I got black drum and I've got sheep's head. I mean, they're just those are so good. Yeah, I like a small flounder. I'll eat it. I'll take that black drum over the red redfish every day. But every know, everybody day. has their own taste. Everybody, I have people different. argue that. Yeah, everybody's different. On and that. and let us clarify that right now. You can't keep a flounder till November fifteenth, folks. Oh, that's so, right. Just so you know, uh, November first, December first, November fifteenth. No, I thought it was till December. I need to check no, my facts. No, it's November 15th. <laughs> gotcha. It, and that's sure. the new closure that they have. Yeah. yeah. For no scientific reason that we talked about a little bit. Well, I mean. Last week. Well, you weren't here, but uh, we talked a little bit about that. Oh, Steve. Yeah, we were talking with Steve and about uh, some of the reasons for 
kind of the mistrust, I guess you could say, with some of the regs that have come out recently. And oh, excuse me, November thirtieth. So it's uh, from October fifteenth through. Yeah, it's a month and a half. November thirtieth. I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. So well, see, that's what we were actually talking about that last week because see, originally when they started, thank you. The the reason we talked about that last week with Steve, right, was because of the level, and this kind of came up as far as the level of mistrust with some of the scientific decisions that have come from our our fish and wildlife management. Well, when the flounder stuff was first talked about, you guys will probably remember that they were talking about up in the size limit to 14 inches, which, which I we, think was smart. We were good with. I talked to Erica about that a couple times. I think okay. that was a and wise then move. Dropping the 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 daily catch limit. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're, we're I agree okay with, that with that too. I couldn't argue that. Yeah. Okay. And then then they started talking about closure and then when we asked what was the reason for the closure, there was no scientific reason for that. Well, in 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 their defense, in in talking with her a couple of times about this cuz she and I talked one night I don't know for 45 minutes an hour about it. You know, the the guys that are south of us down the Mosquito Lagoon and the regions that, that that are further south towards Cocoa Beach and Melbourne and New Smyrna Beach, they've seen a decrease in the number of flounder being caught. And so in order to try to increase the number of flounder, as we did with the red bass, when we had a closure many years ago when it was bad, and I remember when it was bad, they made that determination and, and – I told her, I said, I, I can agree with the 30 days. I said, I'm, I'm not too keen okay, on the, let me, the let me 45. Bring up, let me bring up a, a point here. There was never any talk of 45 days. No. It was 30 days. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And then when all of a sudden the decision's handed down, it became 45 days. Mm. Yeah, and I don't, you know. <laughs> I know. That's I hate to second thing. guess it because because <laughs> once we lose it, it makes it real hard to get it back. And I, I, I'm. You know, oh, it's here. It's going to stay. It's, I'm sure it's going to stay for three to five years, I would think, yeah. you know, to make an impact. I mean, you know. I mean if, if, you're, if you're telling people we're looking at 30-day closure and we're doing this and that, okay, and I, I'm a big believer in that. Okay, let, let's first try if there's an issue. Right. Okay, for, okay, let's jump up the size. Okay, we'll go to 14 inches. We can lower the, the limit, daily limit. Okay, let's try that and let's see where it goes from there. Okay. And actually the and size – Slot was a recommendation from all of us. From the fishermen. Yeah, we were like, look, 12-inch yeah. flounder is too small. Too small. There's no, no meat on it. Nobody wants to protect the interests of the fish more than the people that are yeah. out here fishing with it. Exactly. I just, but, I mean, to me, I just I don't understand that, you know, they're talking closure. They had no reasoning behind that. They couldn't tell you anything scientific right. for that. And then their original conversation was 30 days, and all of a sudden when it's handed down, it come, becomes 45 days. There were people that were – like stunned, they were like, "Wait, for, wait a minute, forty-five days? Well, yeah, when when was this talked about? Well, yeah. And it wasn't. Forty-five days was never even a possibility on the initial conversation. And I think that's why, you know, when you start talking about what happened with Red Snapper, and then he's talking about this. I mean, that's where the level of distrust. Okay, if you want participation, you know, Steve Donaldson was talking about some of the meetings that they had for Cobia mm-hmm. management, et cetera. There weren't people showing up, and I was like, well. People showed up and showed up and showed up, and then what they felt like their voice was never heard. That was a lot of it. So after a while, people were like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, what's the sense of even going if I'm not going to be heard? So, I mean, that's kind of a slippery slope, you know, that you want to make sure you try to avoid, but that's where it's at. Well, and I, and I go back to, and I'm not saying that, that I think 
Florida as, as a whole, our fish biologists for this state have done well. Um, and, and we've regulated ourselves well. Now, on a federal level, sometimes I'm a little concerned about how they do that because I've seen that. And, and I know that when we had discussions years ago, and Kevin was kind of laughing because we had a talk before he asked Steve to come on the show, Donaldson, about getting the band back together and going back to Washington because we did a protest about some of the fishery laws. I don't know how many years ago that was, 10 years ago, that we went to Washington, D.C. That's right. And we were up there on, on, on the Capitol lawn and we protested, you know, basically, you know, not carrying signs or anything like that, but just made our voices heard that we were displeased at the way some of these laws had been drawn up. And one of them was the, the law on the red snapper. That's still a, a, a debatable yeah, issue. Yeah, still, still a topic. But anyway, uh, yeah. uh, let's take a break. Uh, by the way, Brother James, okay, Brother Dave's brother, right. chimed in on the way to eat bologna. What did he say? He said, thick cut on the grill, a white burger bun. Oh, yeah. yeah. And mustard. Hmm. Mustard. See, that's too much bread for me. That's a lot of bread for Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm like. I mean, the thick I'm cut, not out on the mustard. That's my number two after the mayonnaise. I do like the deli mustard on Deli it. mustard? Yeah, yeah. Or I just, might do that, too. I, I like a yellow mustard. Give me old plain yellow mustard for bologna. Yeah, French. Plain, plain yellow mustard for the. Ballpark hot dog. You know the one thing, That's the one, right. the one Chris, I, would, I going, might change. I'm not even eating it. <laughs> I might change the yellow mustard for one other mustard, and that's the lusty monk. I don't know. Lusty don't monk know on a fried bologna sandwich. So much mustard that, weirder <laughs> that Carrie Favor makes. Yeah, that's, that's really some of the good. Best yeah. mustard I've ever put mm. on a sandwich. All right, we gotta take a bologna and lusty monk. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good com- winning combination. 904-641-1010 if you'd like to join us here this morning. And I just want to remind everybody, Stack M Storage, you've got an HOA telling you to get the trailer out of the yard, just call Stack M Storage. Go to the homepage of OutdoorShow.com and click on the Stack M Storage link, and uh, they will give you all the information because the beautiful thing is they come and pick it up, and they will take care of your trailer. So when it's brought back to you, it is working fine, taken care of. Stack M Storage. This show, 904-641-1010 is the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Oh, man, wait till we get to the Kirby Cove cooking tip of the week. Yeah, you just honked down on that. Oh, I just crushed it. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, when, you, when you're hungry, you're hungry. You got a Kirby Cove cooking tip of the week. You got to yeah. sample it. Got to test know? it out. Oh, yeah. That's right. You have to verify. And we got uh, we got a good one coming up. All right, let's go to the phone lines here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Hey, let's talk to Donald. Yes. Hold on real, real quick. Uh Top Gun checked back in with his with his bologna recipe. Yes. Yeah. So he does two pieces of white bread, mustard, two pieces of bologna, cheese, and two tomato slices. Mm. All oh, right, mater's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I dig a mater. I can't I can't see the mater's make it make it kind of sloppy. Yeah. I mean, I like well, but if you're using, but if you're using the bologna as a barrier on either side of okay. said, then so it's kind of like a BLT. <clears throat> then it's not going to saturate the tomato juice. Isn't going to saturate the white bread. So I could, I could probably do like a BLT, a bologna lettuce tomato sandwich. I, I could do that. I tell you what, as a kid, though, we ate a ton of bologna at our house. Oh yeah, I love bologna. I mean, that was a. It had to be fried though for me. Went in the meat anyway. drawer. There wasn't no. Yeah, you kind of made that clear. That. Yeah. We are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go talk to Donald. He's got a sheep's head fillet question. Good morning, Donald. 
Yeah, I like to cook sheephead on the grill, and but you you go buy it, you know, they sell it whole, and they'll cut it for you. But what's the best way to have them cut it? Um, fillet it. I like a fillet. Right, I, I mean, I mean, I don't like any bones I in mean, mine. Th- well, uh, so you, they'll fillet it where there's no bones, not even those big ones that kind of nope. like. Nope. I take them all out. I'm not a bone guy. When I fillet fish, I'm cutting all the bones out. Just I come grew to my up, house. I'm with you. I grew up, and my dad never filleted a thing. We ate it all, and we're always picking bones and spitting bones out in a napkin. And I so you feel like you, you were mistreated as a child? No, I just think that you know <laughs> we weren't the richest people in the world, and when we cooked fish, it was like you're eating all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. had a bologna sandwich. Eat this fish, every piece. Of well, it. well, so how big? I'll say how big of sheephead you look for then if you got to fillet it. I mean, if it's if it's legal, keeper. I'll fillet it. Yeah, you got to keep yeah. her. Sheephead. I mean, that's no, no. I, I, no, I'm gonna go buy them. I'm not gonna go fishing. I just like you go to a seafood place, and so you should try to find one that's if like you go to Safe Harbor and get, a, get a sheephead. I'd, I'd say, hey, fillet me a four or five pounder. Yeah, I think there's two ways to go. You're either gonna eat without thinking, or you're gonna have to think. And I've seen a lot of nice little two, three pound sheephead that you scale down, you score, and you fry whole, and you can pick on that thing, and it's a great meal. But if you don't want to think about all the bones and choking hazards and deal with all that. Filet and go. No filet bones, is the way no to skin. go. Yeah, just when you, okay. when you when you go to the to the fish market, just go and just say you want some sheep's head fillets. Hey, we had uh, Johnny Pop Brown on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, he works up at Safe Harbor. He's probably one of the most affluent experts on filleting fish. Mm-hmm. Look at a couple of his videos. Get your own sheep head and do it yourself. Yeah, those are good videos, by the way. I watched. Awesome. Them. Yeah, they're and great. It's great. I didn't see them. Where did you guys? They're post fantastic. Them on our- on our yeah. Facebook page, yeah, I think we did, didn't we, Chris? I didn't. No, I don't, I don't no, think we did. just no, we just talked about uh, his YouTube channel because yeah, he's got I think a YouTube that's what channel. It was, a YouTube channel. He's and a what's funny, the guy's name? He's a funny Johnny cat. Pop Brown. Johnny Pot Brown. Pop. P O P P. P O P. Like soda pop. Yeah, like soda pop. Johnny Pop. It's a Brown. fillet shop pop. It's his fillet YouTube. shop pop. Fillet shop pop. So he can teach you how to fillet fish. Oh, son, let me tell you what, man's a wizard. Yeah. It's it's scary. It is. And it's his scary. knives are oh, oh. No, they're sharp. Yeah, yeah. And he's a cool dude. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. by the way, the uh the white handled knives that we recommend to everybody. Dexter Russell's. Dexter Russell. Yep. Dexter are the best. They, they are. are the best. You you put you take those knives and cuz I'm just going to give you a, a a reason why. In the last couple of weeks I've cleaned uh, one, two, three, four, five, five deer. Okay, and I have a little set of Dexter knives, and then I have the uh, uh, what's the knife sharpener? The, the uh, uh, work sharp, work sharp knife sharpener. Things money. Oh, oh my goodness! You take the combination of the Dexter knives with that work sharp knife sharpener. Yep. I mean, you're you're ready for any task like with a knife, like scalpels. Any task with a knife. I agree. And uh, and I have one of the knives that I have. It's it's curved. It's a skinning. Mm-hmm. type of knife mm-hmm. and uh when i clean my deer now that's the only thing that i use until yeah. i'm deboning yeah a little small knife no no it's yeah, a bigger a knife one. it's, it's about in. blades about that long and it's mm-hmm. curved looks like a shape of banana almost mm-hmm. okay it's a little banana here like yeah that. and so this is the, the where the the bend is or the bends closer to that's where the the tip of the knife is and like when i go to make that initial cut into a deer and, and you can just run it right down this mm-hmm. the hide mm-hmm. to take it right off i mean that those knives are 
awesome. I yeah. use that same exact knife to cut vegetables. It's an amazing right? vegetable cutting knife. It is a great knife. It is a perfect knife for that. I literally, you know how people go to the store mm-hmm. and buy knife sets? Right. I, I'll, I'll give you a recommendation. I mean, this really should be like a ring power tip of the week at some point. Mm-hmm. Take the old butcher's block, your knife holder that you have. Right. And take all your crappy knives and throw them away. Mm-hmm. Literally. And then go to Strike Zone or some place that sells the Dexter Russell I would agree. brand of knives and replace every knife in your block with those. And you will never regret it. They'll hold an edge. It's good steel, and they hold an edge. They're yeah. outstanding steel. I mean, all of us, Steve, Jeremy, all, all the guys, uh, um, Chad, all, all, I mean, everybody I know uses the Dexter Russell knives a lot. Put them through the paces. Really? Saltwater environment, bones. Yeah. They really they they hold sharpen up. up well, and the cool steel. thing about going to Strike Zone, too, they have different lengths. Like, you'll have a 12-inch fillet, and you have a 9-inch fillet knife. And, and the cool thing is you can get different knives for different types of fish. Yeah, and you get the little parry knife. Yeah. The little here's, a, here's a little secret, too. Dexter makes a pizza cutter. That is the most amazing pizza cutter. Get out of town. It's money. Oh, yeah. Has it got the it, wheel? It's a wheel, yeah. but it's money. It's as, really? It's yeah, as awesome as a knife sort of fish as they are. it is to pizza. They've been doing this for – Now, mean, can you use that pizza cutter wheel for fish? I've used it for a lot of things, not fish, but I've used it for a lot of things, chopping and cutting. It's, it's, I was just wondering, like, you know how like sometimes, like let's say when you – we we like to do this. We'll take a fish fillet. You know, mm-hmm. so I'll, let's say I take the fillets off of a sheep's head. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could definitely cut it with a pizza, this, this pizza cutter. Okay, because yeah, that's sharp. what I'm asking. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because it'll yeah. cut your finger off. Yeah. A lot of times I, yeah, what you like to yeah. do is like we like to do, we like to make fish fingers. That way you get a little bit more of that crunchy sure. outside kind of so you take the fillet and you make strips out of it so mm-hmm. you can take that pizza wheel and, and – Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that. those knives have been in the restaurant industry for – I want to say 50 years. I mean, when I was working in restaurants in Cocoa Beach yeah. back in the 70s, the late 70s, that's what we were using. Dexter Average price Russell. on a knife. Commercial quality. And, yeah. And you can, and, you know, Ace has, has the same knife. Um, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to yeah, they're not expensive. 40, depending on what you get. Yeah. So I know Captain Kirk's got a whole briefcase full of every knife. I fished with uh, Frank uh, Kirk the other day, and he was talking about your, your briefcase full of knives for every occasion. And I know I have several myself. The some are, you know, better for different tasks than others. But, right. Uh, pretty well, much a six inch for me, and a seven, eight, a seven or eight inch, I can get anything done anything almost done. except for a big drum or well, shark. What yeah. you learn too is like delicate fish, like a like a trout. It's kind of a delicate fish, mm-hmm. you know, and flimsy knife. You want a real sharp flexible knife, knife. sharp, yeah. sharp really flexible. sharp, flexible, thin knife. You exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't want to use a big old thick blade. You yep. know, cutting a cobia up. Totally different. Right. You know, I want to use a nine-inch thick blade, some of them even bigger so I can get through the bones, you know? Yeah. I've got some Dexters they don't make covers for. <laughs> They're that big. Right, know, right, right. For those big fillets. Yeah. I, wonder if, I wonder if you could find a place that had like a block, okay, that the knives go into for your kitchen, mm-hmm. that you could buy just the block that you could hold all your Dexter knives oh, sure. with. Today's world, you just Google it and find it online. And There's so many great wood guys these days. It'd make you, yeah, you can make get one made, you know, these yeah. little art festivals and things. Yeah, not a big deal. All right, uh, uh, let's talk to Bob here real quick before we take a break because he wants to talk a little bit of, about fishing knives. Morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. Enjoy the show. Um, I've had some Dexter fillet knives for years, and you're right. They're, they're wonderful. But I found another knife that, if you look it up, um, is 
I think it's better. I excuse me. I talked to some butchers at Publix, and there's a knife out there. It's made by Forstner, F-O-R-S-H-N-E-R, I believe, and they're called Victoria knives. And they're, I find them to be better than Dexter. Um, anyway, I'm just throwing my two cents in there. If you look it up and try them, I think you may even switch. Yeah, they're, uh, to give you an idea, it's Forstner. It's F-O-R-S-C-H-N-E-R. Yeah. Okay, that's that's it. Okay, so I want to make sure that that was it. And yeah, they uh, they and look very similar to the to the Dexter knives, but they just have a black handle. Does it say Victor Knox? Victor Knox, yeah, yep, yeah. That's a great knife. I've had one for fifteen years, and I've ground it down. It's changed shape, but it's an extremely good knife. They're probably in the same price range as Dexter. But I find it to be a better knife. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I, I know a lot of the. I know a lot of the kitchens, and the chefs use those. Those are the ones with the black handles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it's good steel, and if you get a chance to use one, I think you'll like it. Appreciate the tip, Bob. Thanks, guys. Two good tips there. Okay. Yeah, and you see, and Steve had referred to my little my little uh, briefcase. I like the uh, soft storage case. You can roll up or yeah, like, we, we we had them custom made locally, and we'll come back. We'll talk about yeah. where they those came from uh, and more. We have a ring power tip of the week also when we come back right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Here's that music. Mm. We know what time it is. Yeah, what time it is? It's the ring power cat tip of the week. Yeah, it is. Ring Power and Cat Rental Store has the youngest fleet in the industry, which means it's going to be the hardest working fleet for you, which is going to keep your job site and business running without interruption, which means your bottom line is going to be taken care of because that's the important thing. If you want to learn more, go to ringpower.com because they have a piece of equipment for every application you can possibly imagine. And this comes from Captain Kevin don't be scared by the picture on our Facebook page or the Instagram page. <laughs> you and me both. I saw that started laughing. I was like, I was like, okay. I cracked up because he's got on the El Cheapo uh, sweatshirt that, that we all got. I know. And the, 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 he sends this picture, and I'm going, dude, that's uh, not a great picture of you. <laughs> it doesn't look like him from here at all. <laughs> All right, Kevin says this, okay, the weather is getting ready to turn cold, and it doesn't matter if you're going to spend a day on the water or whether you're going to have a cold day on the deer stand. And two of the warmest articles that he likes are the fitted hoodie and a neck gaiter. And the fitted hoodie is like a cap, skull cap. Yeah. It's not really a hoodie. Well, he does have a – he has a hooded sweatshirt, so he can pull that hood. And I got to agree. Yeah, but that's not part of the hoodie. He's talking about a – yeah. Skull cap. He's talking about. Yeah. And if you get a fleece skull cap, those are really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Those um, are the best. <laughs> fleece is the best. And a neck gaiter, I I have five or six different types. Like the the one cold morning I sat up in Pennsylvania, it was 28 degrees and the wind was blowing out of the northwest at 15 to 20. Mm. And, man, it just goes through you. Mm. And there was a little hole in the woods where this wind was coming through. And. 
Thank God for a real thick neck gaiter that's made out of fleece, and then it's got the furry on the inside. And man, it just keep you warm. You pull it up, you know, above your ears, and that's the beauty of the of having. And I like the fleece one. So you got a fleece neck gaiter, and then if you got the fleece skull cap, yeah, you can pull the neck gaiter up around to You're- meet. The skull cap, and then you're good. Yep, and then pull it over your ears so your ears don't get all cold. I can't cover my ears very much, though. I got to be able to hear. I got to hear. I'm with you. I'll pull it out just so I can hear. I can't cover them all the way up. I've got to listen. I'm about half deaf. Well, anyway. me and you both, you know? You know, so anything covering my ears, then I have perfect for radio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'll listen out for both of you. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's up on our Facebook page. It's a picture of Kevin, yes. And please feel free to post anything that you would like yep. as far as Kevin's selfie goes. Oh, that's yeah. just mean. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You got a comment? I Well, look, I don't say anything on the radio that I haven't uh, said to Kevin. No, we all take we, it. Yeah, no, we but all to, get it. But to turn the masses loose on it? Oh, oh Like it's never been done on me? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me there, Father uh, Chris. Yeah, right. Kirk's looking yeah. for Kevin to be uh-huh. the whipping boy for a while. I see man. that. Hey, we did get a text from uh, John Klump on our Facebook page. John, you're right. Uh, we were. I was incorrect. What did he say? About the flounder eggs. The closure yeah. is until November 30th. You can't keep a flounder until December 1st. Okay. So it's closed till, de- till November 30th. Yeah, I was incorrect when I said 15th, so All right, clarify got, that. That's square, squared away. Yep. Um, and we've had some, some, you know, uh, Robbie Simmons said he just got a brand-new fleece line gator. Also, I'll tell you what, if you're going to go fishing or in the woods, you really need to have a good net gator. I oh, mean, yeah. I just It's a must-have. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, you got the the hand warmers. We had the gear tip a while back about keeping them in a Ziploc bag. It helps preserve them. You can reuse them again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, a lot of good tips. Uh, by the way, uh, we got a few other comments on our Facebook page. And uh, John squared, squared you away. And uh, Robbie said he just got the fleece-lined gator, yep. which they are awesome. I mean, fleece, I mean, for me, fleece is the best. And the reason I say that, because fleece doesn't make any noise. Mm-hmm. No. So, like, from a hunting standpoint, that's what you want. And then also, fleece is very comfortable. Well, the good thing about a, a, a net gator, too, I always get the camo ones when I'm sitting outside. And then if I'm sitting in a blind, I use a black one, um, is that they actually will cover up the shine on your side of your cheeks, mm-hmm. nose. Well, if deer sees Kevin from that selfie. <laughs> <laughs> He's bugging out. He's bugging. My man looks happy, though. He's got a big old totally grin on his happy. face. He looks happy. He it's totally like he's looks had happy. a good breakfast. And he's but like, but yeah. seriously, folks, uh, go ahead and chime in on uh, Kevin Selfie. Uh, by the way, Lee Bowman wants to know, Top Gun, what does LTS baby mean? Yep. Because when Top Gun calls the show, as he's leaving us, he says, LTS, baby. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've tried to guess that too. It's Lee, funny. and he's asking, does it mean love the show, baby? I think that's what it means. I don't know. Well, I mean, for know. our egos, that sounds good. Yeah. But I don't know if that is, in fact, the Accurate. case. So, uh, Top Gun, you can call Chris at 904 641 and let him know if LTS baby means love the show, baby. Yeah, I just, just got to say it. 
I got a uh, text from D. Young and said that uh, Connor Tucker just shot his first deer. Very nice. Okay, Art. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah nice, Connor. I'll have to put that, that up on our Facebook page yeah, if we it. can. Uh, uh, by the way, let's go talk to Ed via the phone. He's got cap thoughts. I'm assuming hat. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Good, good. Listen, I love your uh, show. I'm many things, but an outdoorsman, I'm not. But I have homes up in up in southern Maine, and I hate the cold. And a few years ago, I found a sheep's wool stocking cap. And I got to tell you, that's better than any fleece cap I've ever owned. That now, it's, it's wool. It's a sheep's wool stocking cap. Okay. You can't find them. I mean, they're really hard to find. But once you get them, you, you will understand they're much better than the fleece. Now, doesn't the, the one thing about wool is that sometimes it can be... Itchy. Yep. This isn't. And puffy. This isn't. Yep, yep, yep. I think because this is sheep wool, I don't know what this manufacturer did to these things, but, I mean, it is fantastic. I even use it here in Florida because I really don't like the cold. Even on this 49 day, I've got it on. I'm with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out. I'll tell you one of the coolest (laughs) things about being where I was at in Pennsylvania. I was 10 minutes from the Bass Pro Shop. Oh. So, I mean, whenever I needed something. It seems like there's like, always a Bass Pro Shop everywhere you're going. I was like, Kate, I got to go. And she goes, Ed, we appreciate the call, Ed. By the way, thank you. Pro shop. I, I guess I should have looked at Now, see, that. if I lived 10 minutes away from a Bass Pro Shop, it would not be good. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you. I went in there four or five times. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I got to stop in there on the way back, you know. Let me ask you about the inventory because I've been in Bass Pro in Tallahassee it's recently. Down. And it was really – It's it down. It looked like they had been almost uh, burglarized. It was so thin. It's the down. The rods are real specifically. I know. So. Well, I, I have a new bow, and it's a Matthews. And I got it all sighted in. Rick helped me out with that. And that thing is – it's it's money. And as I was carrying it in the woods the other day, I was like, man, I need a sling for this thing mm-hmm. to protect the wheels. I have one for my, my uh, uh, other like backpack sling. Yeah, my other bow, the old bow. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I got to go. So I went into Bass Pro thinking, I'll just go and get one. So yeah. I stopped by on the way home. I told Kate, I said, Hopeful. I'm going to be late. I walk in there, sold out. I said, when are you getting something? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. And then you start walking around in there, and there's a lot of stuff in there sold out. Kind of how it is right now. All right, uh, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to Mr. Steve Donaldson, who joined us last week in studio. Oh, very good. And uh, and we can talk to you, 904-641-1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman, Captain Kirk Waltz, Captain Steve Mullen sitting in in studio here. And we've got uh, some phone calls to get to. Let's start with Mr. Steve Donaldson, who sits on the Cobia panel. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, morning. Captain Kirk, Captain Steve. Morning. How are you guys morning. doing? Doing good, bud. Thank you uh, for sitting in with us last week, by the way. Oh, that was awesome. That, that, that segment with Bill Dance was just awesome. <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, like seg- yeah, segments. Yeah. We had them on for an hour. Oh, I know. God. I sat and listened to the whole so thing. Good. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but don't st- <clears throat> don't sell yourself short, Steve. You were great, too. Oh, no. We had, we had a good time. We had a good time. And, uh, again, I always appreciate you guys having me on. 
Hey, just wanted to, to touch base on a couple of things you guys brought up a couple of segments ago. Um, you know, in, in regards to the science versus the, the federal mandates, um, that, that, and Kirk, you hit on that. That's one of the big disconnects that we talked about. And, and specifically, the reasoning behind the closure that we were told for the flounder was because that's, November is typically the month where those big fish come in shore to spawn. And they want to try to increase that and stop taking those spawning females out of the population. Uh, okay, that's great, but that's not what they, when they passed the, the, the law and, and gave us the new regs, the, the two sides weren't talking about that. Does that make sense? And that's yeah. the frustration that we were talking about. So there is there there was some science behind it, but 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 when they said thirty days and they went to forty five days, we're like, wait, what? Well, here here's <laughs> the science behind it, though, Steve. They they said they thought that that's when the big spawners came in. They didn't know. I mean, that's, that's right. I mean, that's the right. thing. I mean, we're we're okay. We think, but we don't know. Right. And I think that was part of the. The, the initial problem that I had with it. And I said, and my, and my whole thought process in this was that, look, I'm all for making sure that we protect everything and making sure we, we get our, our species uh, top notch when it comes to populations, but okay, let's, let's try the first step first. And then if we yeah, feel like right. that we have to have a closure, okay, then we'll, we'll take that as a next step. Right. And that's what I think that sometimes makes people so hesitant. I mean, why would we close it up? Well, why don't we just see what it does from taking the first couple steps first Yeah. And then we can go ahead and take aggressive, more aggressive steps later on if it doesn't work. And that's the part yeah. that I think that I have a hard time with is these aggressive steps right out of the gate without trying to, I don't want to say progressively work our way towards what we need to, but I mean, let's take gradual steps to see where we're at. Yeah, baby yep. steps. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I also think that there's some frustration with the, the, the folks that I know on the science side that do the research. And 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 the, the the law is not reflecting what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And 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 so they 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 they're doing their job right. I mean, they can only they can only collect so many ear bones and samples. Um, but then they're not the ones making the making the regs. No. It's almost like it's from a political higher up. Yeah, correct. That's, that's been the the big issue that I've had with the federal issue going back to the protests we made when we we went to Washington, it's like, I'll, I'll never forget when Kevin and I were going to approach the Senator in his office and he was from Vero beach and he couldn't talk to us, but we walked in and we said something to uh, the, one of the aides and he says, well, how many constituents do you represent? Yeah. And I was like, what does that got to do with anything? And he goes, well, <laughs> All about numbers. if you don't have 15,000 <laughs> people on a piece of paper, uh, your voice is going to be, put in a corner somewhere and probably not heard. And I'm like, you're kidding. Right. And he goes, no, that's how it works. Mm. And I thought, well, that's not fair. I mean, you know, it seems like every person's opinion or voice has some impact and should, should be heard. Even if it's minuscule strength in numbers, Kirk. Well, and you go that far, you go from Florida to Washington to say something, at least have the courtesy to listen. Yeah. But uh, but he said that's how the politics that's how it works. the whole issue how politics works. Well, and 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 you guys you guys brought up your trip to D.C. When I talked to Kevin about the Cobia hearing that they had the public the public uh, forum that was supposed to be two weeks ago at um, uh, a local watering hole uh, there at Jack's Beach, and nobody showed up. Kevin was like, "Well, why why would we?" 
We we got a we got a bus load. We took to Washington D.C. and nothing happened. Yeah. So I, I I get it. Well, I still I still go to the meetings whenever I can. Um, I try to go to as many as I can. Sometimes it's just not, you know, on my radar, and I just can't get there. Yeah. But I thought I still think it's important to show up. But the thing that I worry about is that you know we go to these snapper meetings and. You know, and I, and I understand, you know, the collection of data that we're being told to do right now. Steve does it. I do it. Kevin's got to do it. You know, that's part of our daily ritual now that adds, you know, more time to our already long days because we don't have mates. We do everything on our own. Sure. So we're doing this NOAA reporting. And when we went to this workshop meeting, I remember Steve was there and Brad Smith and, and um, uh, Dennis Young and, and myself and a couple of the other guys and they, they wanted to know our opinions, and we told them. We said, look, we don't, we don't have extra people to help us do our books and stuff like that. You know, we, we're our booking agents. We're our CPAs. You know, we, we do all the maintenance on our boats. We do all the cleaning of the boats. We're the guides. We don't have a first mate. We can't look at a first mate and go, hey, log this fishing report in. That's something we have to do at the end of our day. And after you've worked in the sun for eight or ten hours and you get home, you're beat. And all yep. of a sudden you forget. And it's like, dang, I forgot to log my fishing report. And so it's nine o'clock at night and you're doing a fishing report. And it's just, and so we told them we, we're really not concerned in doing that. That's your job. You should be doing creel studies by coming out here and going fishing. We don't ever see anybody out here fishing for snapper. So how would you know what's out there if you don't go out there? And I don't know. Interesting. Yes. Well, that's, and that's a good point, Kirk. And we, we talked about this. I know we're going a little long, but, um, you know, you guys have to report the cobia that you catch, and that's what we were talking about last week was more cobia than anything else. But, you know, me as a recreational angler, I don't have to report the cobia that I catch. If there's someone at the dock asking me, I'm going to tell Not them. Yet. But when they're doing a population count or, you know, trying to figure out what that looks like, I mean, I'm not calling that stuff in. You guys are. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we appreciate Steve, and we appreciate you joining us last weekend in studio right, and, and sharing the information. Awesome, awesome deal. Yeah, keep enjoy, us posted. enjoy this. Enjoy this weather. All right, thanks, Steve. All right, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's See go ya. talk to Mr. Jimmy Knight. Morning, Jimmy. Jimmy. Good morning, fellas. Where you at? <clears throat> Riding around downtown Jessup in the rain. What else do you do when it's raining? All right, mm. all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you headed? Uh, <clears throat> staying up here at the camp. Okay. Trying to wait, wait the weather out. All right. But, uh, give us a hunt story. <sighs> had not been much, right? What? All this rain and stuff, you know, they've been around, but, uh, yeah. just, just, you know how it is. I'm like but, you. Uh, I, <clears throat> I was up in Pennsylvania the other day and the one day I could have gotten out was on Saturday after, you know, the show. Mm-hmm. It was pouring down rain and it was 40 degrees and i was like mm-hmm. not a fan well, if you got a if you got a ground blind or a box blind or didn't, something like that didn't. you know maybe but if not then it's, a ladder yeah, stand in the no middle fun. of the woods i was like no 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 yeah but uh last week i was driving through scrubbing georgia and uh i saw something running down the side of the road and i stopped to look i sent you a picture of it kurt i see it and i still can't believe it Okay. And I didn't know what it was. And uh, so finally, I, I called the outdoor show with a Facebook page and I sent a picture and they said they'd put it on the page, but I hadn't seen it. 
but I finally found out what it was. It's a Munt Jack deer. It looks like a jackrabbit with short ears. It does. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. This thing looks like, and I got, I'm looking at the picture now, it looks like a combination between a dog, a deer, and a coyote. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was. Well, you know what a capybara but, is, right? A what? A capybara. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's like a giant <laughs> South American water rat rabbit combo. Okay. Right, right. And so what is this uh, thing called, Jimmy? Mutt jack deer. A mutt, mutt jack deer. Mutt jack. M-U-N-T-J-A-C. Yeah, deer. Munt Jack, M-U-N-T-J-A-C, Munt Jack Deer. deer. Okay, yeah. and where the hell do you find a, a Munt Jack Deer? They ain't from around here. I, it ain't from around here, right. Well, around. I did some study up on it, and people get them and raise them as pets. They're loyal like dogs and everything else, and people keep them as pets. Okay, so some, this is somebody's pet. Evidently, it was running down the side of the road. How do they taste? And <laughs> it stopped long enough for me to stop and take some pictures, and he just looked at me, you know. That's and, insane, man. <laughs> I've never heard So of these that. people got these deer and <laughs> let them loose up there? I don't know if it just got loose from somebody's house. There was some houses around there. Now, let me ask you a question, area. Jimmy. Okay, let's say you're uh-huh. in a deer stand, and all of a sudden this munt jack deer rolls up. What are you, what are you doing? It's, it's getting mounted. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a keys deer with rabbit legs. Yeah, it does. It, it ran similar to a rabbit. I thought it was a jackrabbit to start off with. Yeah, I would agree. Like somebody nipped off its ears. That is, that yeah. is wild. Does I it mean, have horns? How big? Like pound-wise? I'd say All 15, right. 20 pounds. Oh, that's small. Okay. small. I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it's real small. Yeah. All right, so uh, when you do, when you want to find out information, you GTS it, okay? So just and did. I have, and I just, just to give did. people an idea, the Munt Jacks, also known as barking deer. Yeah, I've heard of a barking deer or rib faced deer. They're small deer, of the genus a word I can't pronounce, native to South and Southeast Asia. Muntiacus. Thought to have began begun appearing 15 to 35 million years ago with remains found in Miocene deposits in France, Germany, and Poland. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They, and they, they actually have, around here. <laughs> they have long antlers, unbranched, that slope backwards, and a pair of long canine teeth. Yeah, so basically they look Damn, does like... does mean they'll bite the crap out of you? They look like spikes. That Their antlers, they like spikes, so they go up and then they curl a little bit, kind of like an antelope. Right? I mean, would you say like an antelope? What to yeah. pictures? Yeah, kind of like an antelope. Anyway, interesting. Well, yeah. we, we appreciate it, Jimmy. That's uh, <laughs> And we're glad you didn't shoot it wow. off the side of the road. That's crazy. No, no, no. Uh, Try to be ethical, guys. I mean, I mean, think about that. Rabbit and deer. I it's mean. Just like chicken. I mean, that would be pretty good. <laughs> Put them together and spell rear, so you might not want to eat between <laughs> venison what? and Whoa. rabbit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, me too. Bet you they can jump. Fried back, fried backstrap. Although the backstrap's really small, they'll live small. ten to thirteen years, okay. which is almost yeah. twice as long as a whitetail. Uh, whitetails will live that long, especially in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you, Jimmy. 
Guys, y'all have a great day. Be safe and stay dry. See yep. ya. Thanks for sharing. Wow. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We'll talk to uh, to Danny and you, 904-641-1010. And I've got to tell my deer story. I got a deer this yeah, week. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I got a good one. Yeah. I got a good one. And I uh, got a little bit of a broken antler issue, but no big deal. All that and more right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Hey, Coastal Equipment on New Kings Road, Anna McClenney is your home for Kubota. Gravely zero-turn mowers, hot seat pressure washers, and all the steel power equipment. So go to Coastal Equipment, either location, and have them take care of you as they've taken care of us many times. And a great parts department, by the way, that they will have the part shipped right to your door. Coastal Equipment. All right, welcome back to the Nimic Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And uh, the Munt Jack, which we were just talking about with Jimmy, it has kind of like fangs. It's a, but they don't call them fangs. They call them tusks. So it's a, like a little deer rabbit thing that's from Asia that has tusks. If I saw one of them in the woods, I'd be like, "Ooh, I don't know what that is." But <laughs> boom, got four legs walking. All right, let's uh, go to the phone lines. Let's bring up Danny. He's got a grouper question. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, guys. Uh, I just uh, are y'all you guys familiar with the? Uh, Farmers and Consumers Market Bulletin out of Georgia. Um, are you talking about the Farmers Almanac? Uh, no, it's uh, it's put out by the Agriculture Department. It's just a little newspaper thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. I think I have okay. too. Yeah, they got an article in there about a, a record red grouper. It was just caught up there. And have y'all heard about that? I in, heard something about it in I, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, a guy from England, Georgia. Yeah, okay. cut it offshore, didn't he? Uh, yeah, 26 pounds, 6 ounces, 34 and a half inches. That's a big red grouper. Yeah. Also, I hear, I've heard you guys talking about honey on there quite a bit. Yes, sir. And uh, they got a, this guy has got an ad in the uh, market bulletin about gallberry honey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all are familiar. With oh, yeah. Voted best tasting and flavor of Georgia winner. Okay. Yeah, and, I like uh, it. He's got an ad for, uh, you have to buy it by the gallon, $53 a gallon, and that's postage shipping paid. So what is it? Is it like an attractant? No, it's uh, honey to eat. Oh, it's honey. Gallberry yeah, we, honey. We actually have yeah. a beekeeper that puts two plots on our property up in Fargo and mm-hmm. that's what they harvest during the uh, spring months is the gallberry honey. And it's, it's delicious. Gallberry honey is uh, by far the best honey on the face of the earth. There's no doubt. I buy it by the gallon. Yeah, that's now all, from, that's all uh, we get, Danny. That's all we buy is yeah. gallberry honey from Clint. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. I'm, I've got, uh, I've got some honey now, but next time I get some, I'm going to order me a gallon of that. That's the oh, best. It's, it, people think orange blossom and clover honey is good, not compared mm-hmm. to gallberry. Yep. Yeah. It all, it all pales in comparison. Yeah. Clint Hart uh-huh. is who I get my honey from. Who uh, was right. canine for jazz. So yep. man, it is, it is money. Well, we appreciate you calling in Danny. All right. If you guys are interested in this, this uh, market bulletin, like I say, it's just put out by the agriculture department. It's got a lot of really interesting stuff in there. $10 a year. I'll give you the phone number. If Georgia you Market Bulletin, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we, farmers, we, farmers and Consumers Market Bulletin. Okay. Uh, 800-282-5852. Okay. Man, thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. You're welcome. You have a good day. All right, you, you too. too, Danny. All right, bye. All right, I just uh, pulled it up to us. The newspaper published uh, out of Atlanta. And uh, if you just Google <coughs> Google search Georgia Farmers and Market Bulletin, I might have to get a subscription to this just to check it out. Yeah, I think you should. All right, let's go to Joey. He's got a deer feeding question. Morning, Joey. Good morning. How you guys doing on this cold morning? Good. Good. <laughs> hey, a uh, quick question for you. My daughter and grandchildren just moved out. To a new uh, a new house out there off of 210, and it backs up to a wooded uh, area. And my grandchildren, two young grandchildren, they're both fascinated by animals and wildlife. And my daughter would like to uh, put out some stuff to attract deer into the into their lawn, their lawn and their yard. Um, what's it, it? Could she just go like to uh, Tractor Supply and get deer corn? I mean, what's the best? Way yeah, to do that? I mean, just I mean, deer corn. Yeah, I mean that's uh, Tractor Supply, any feed store. Most places have corn, but. Remember, you are in hog heaven out there where you're at. And if okay. you start putting out too much corn, that lawn is going to turn into what looks like a bulldozer went through. Yeah, you just got to make sure that uh, you're feeding deer and turkey and birds and not uh, hogs. If you start getting hogs coming in there because you, you they're not far from you somewhere off 210, yeah. I assure you. They're yeah, right I'm, in the middle of them. Yeah, right. I'm familiar with all that out there. That's cool. So. But if if they start putting it out, and will the deer just make a habit of coming through and stuff? Yeah. Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, deer, yeah. deer, deer will they find it? Here's they another sh- trick you might want to try too: is get a mineral block. Yeah, so out a lick. Okay. Put a put a salt lick back there, and I, I've done that many times. Yeah, in there's something places. that they sell, and they do sell this at Tractor Supply because they sometimes have like a uh, a deer section where they'll have deer corn, and they have something called a tro- trophy rock. That's right. Which okay. is essentially a mineral lick, and uh, that seems to be something that they really like. And so, yeah, you could put uh, uh, trophy rock and then put some corn out there. And just remember that uh, if you put the corn out and it rains and they don't find it yet, it it's gonna go get sour. All it out, yeah, and the hogs so. will right. find it. Yeah, <laughs> then the hogs they like sour <laughs> corn, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that'll I work. Appreciate it. All right. Good tip. Thanks, right. guys. Thank all you, right. Joey. All right, uh, real quick, I, I got an eight point this week. I saw great pictures. Yep, and uh, we'll put some pictures up at some point on the Outdoor Show Facebook page. And uh, the only unfortunate thing is that when I when I shot it, you know, when after I shot it, he's on a full speed run. He ran smack dab into an oak tree. Now, how far was the shot? Fifty. Oh yeah. Where were you hunting, Jeff? Up in Georgia. Okay. Yeah, my place. And, gotcha. and good shot. I mean, in the deer of course when a Going that death run, I mean, it's not long, and he was running full speed. That's not the first time a deer's hap- had that happen to you, is it? I mean, I'm, no, I've never had that happen like that. Really, somebody else did that one time. Uh-oh. I mean, he was Maybe running it was favor. I just heard a crash where he went. And he disappeared and then crash. I'm like, oh, he's he's right there. He's dead. You know, I could hear him. And he had to hit that tree hard. He hit the tree, and his left G three, so it would be his third time on his left main beam. Right literally exploded mm. into I don't know how many pieces. I found one piece, me and Gerald did. Gerald found it. And we're still looking for the other piece or pieces and haven't found them. That's nuts. But, uh, but yeah, I broke, broke the antler tip off, which is fine. It's not a big deal. It's all part of the story, you know. So when oh, you, yeah. you do a, yeah. a mount or whatever, you can kind of have that. And it's nice deer. And I was able to get a doe 
that evening. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to begin. I'm getting, I'm getting something different. I'm getting, uh, I took it to Tillman's this deer, mm-hmm. uh, they're deer, and I'm going to get some, uh, Carrizo sausage made, Ooh. some andouille, Ooh. and then some ground venison. Mm. Very well, good. Mix it up a little bit. Heck yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I was real surprised. I had given some deer to Kate's brother last year, and he had it made up into deer sticks uh-huh. mixed with jalapeno cheese. Yeah, I've had that. Man, yeah, that's good. That's good. good yeah, that's real good. It was real good. I got another guy up in Georgia, so when I get a few, a couple does, I'm gonna take it up there, and he does the jalapeno mm-hmm. and the cheddar cheese and the mm-hmm. sausage, and yeah. that's. That's what I'll I'll get on. The, Azars can do that here. Yeah, they do it here too. Yeah. It's just easier to drop it off right down the road up there. Yeah. So, but I'll do that. And uh, looked and like then, you were sitting in a swamp. Uh, that was over by the creek. Uh, that was Thursday morning. Yeah, Thursday morning I was down in a creek bottom. Had one of the most entertaining sits I've ever had. I mean, raccoon. Well, first of all, first thing was deer off in the distance, and then I had a a pretty nice eight point come in. Mm-hmm. And then I rattled in a, what appeared to be a small eight point. And because I was looking at, I saw a deer off in the distance, a buck. Because it's a rut. I mean, the deer chase. And I hit the horns together and I turn around after looking down where I saw that one buck. And all of a sudden I turn around and right in front of me, 30 yards, staring right at me is a, a small eight point. I'm like, oh, where'd you come from? It's amazing how they do that, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know where it came. I was looking for the other one you know see if that one was going to come and then i had like 20 turkeys come by and then i had a squirrels and then the raccoon and then the den trees right in front of the stand right and so he's forging and he goes up into this den and cleaning himself before he goes into the den that was pretty cool to watch yeah and then i had a great blue heron looking for i'm 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 assuming because the raccoon and the heron were trying to around the water crawfish Mm, crawfish that's what i think they are because i've seen them do that in fargo they get in those sloughs yeah and you see that raccoon he'll have his paws down there and he's feeling around and leaves does the blue heron eat same thing i would imagine right absolutely crawfish absolutely yeah that was cool to watch i mean all these different and then i had a hawk kind of come through i mean it was one of the most entertaining sits i've ever had with all the different wildlife and that's that one thing i think that people kind of Man, why do you like to sit in the woods? Well, I mean, I did what I just got to to watch that morning on Thursday morning. Your hunting. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, it's amazing if you like, and we say it time and time again. If you go sit in the woods in a tree stand and don't move, and just sit there for two or three hours and don't move, it's amazing what you can see. Oh, it was awesome! It's incredible. I just wish the wind was a little bit consistent because it kept kind of swirling a little bit. But still, nonetheless, it was uh, wildly entertaining. All right, let's take a break. We come back, we're going to do a Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week, and if we can squeeze Rich and Sandy in, we will. So, uh, Rich and Sandy, don't go anywhere. We'll try to get right to you when we come back right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for Kirby Co. Builders Cooking Tip of the Week. Kirby Co. Builders, industry leader and proven provider of framing, drywall, interior, and exterior, finishing on both commercial and residential products. Go to KirbyCoBuilders.com to learn more. This week's cooking tip is don't cook for the holidays. Yeah, when you can narrow it down and don't have to put a 
turkey in the oven and then worry about dessert too I what know. do you do thanksgiving is right around the corner that's what we're talking about right you cook weeks, the turkey yeah. you cook the sides and then people start well, where's the pumpkin pie where's well, the bring a dessert pie? well i got just the place right? i got the place man uh tillman's meat market on old st augustine road off of san jose boulevard mm. they've got some of the best pies oh. that you've ever had and uh I, I can't resist it i every time i go in there if Take the big smell of that apple pie that's fresh baked, and I'm done. The whole place smells like an apple pie. And I, I walk out of there with an apple pie every time. I mean, so if uh, if you want to get some pies for the holidays, go to Tillman's Meat Market right there on Old St. Augustine Road. All right, let's do a updated weather and updated tides. Weather brought to you by the Beard Pig, the finest barbecue in Jacksonville. It's not even close. Not very good, folks, uh, for the rest of today. A strong storm is going to continue to intensify offshore. Frequent gusts to storm force are expected. And then eventually it's going to have a surface load beginning to track farther offshore this evening. Winds further weakening Sunday into Monday. What does this mean? Today, north winds 35 to 40 knots with frequent gusts to 50. Incredible. How many miles an hour is a, is a knot? It's 1.3, I think. 1.2, 1.3, something like that. I think it's 1.3. So if you're having gusts to 50 knots, that's more than 50 miles an hour. That's tropical storm strength. Pretty pretty wild, right? That's, you know, and it's ironic. Last time my nephew was supposed to come down and fish with me from South Carolina, we had to cancel it. And now he came down for the Jaguar game, and we had to cancel the day, too. I'm like, I said, brother, I feel bad, but we ain't fishing. We can't can't fish in this. No, you ain't going. Don't go out on a boat. No, and off, offshore tomorrow, northwest winds, 20 to 25 knots, 7 to 10 feet in the ocean. It's going to be skunky, and uh, but should be good football watching weather for tomorrow, you know? Oh, yeah. North, It'll be beautiful. Northeast 15 to 20 or whatever it is, so it shouldn't be bad. Tides brought to you by Angie Subs, the best sub shop at the beach, right there at corner of Penn and Beach. And you like Dr. Bang Skippy. Scrippy. 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 Skippy. Well, I think when you leave there, you're feeling skippy. But, uh, yeah, if you want a nice good recovery. Sub, yeah, yeah that was <laughs> you terrible. want a good sub, go there, man. Best bread right from Sonati's Bakery. You gotta love it. Anyway, right, May- Mayport here, Tide. I here got we the Mayport go. Tide. We finally get the pinnacle of the high tide. A high tide at nine thirty nine a.m. Guess that's the beach tide. The beach tide. Mm-hmm. Jack's Beach seven point one. Mm-hmm. That's what the registered tide. That's not telling you what the water is being pushed at. That's right. I that's bet there's an eight or nine foot tide at Mayport today. It that's might going to take a lot of debris off the uh, marsh, and there's going to be some floating stuff. There's going to be garbage this. everywhere. Dangerous. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. Be careful. I mean, for the next uh, week, yeah. if, if you're in the water, yeah. on the water, you yeah. better be careful. Yeah. Better have your eyes peeled. Uh, by the way, to give you an idea of, of tide, a typical high tide at Mayport's like a 4.8, I believe. That's right. Correct? Yep. Okay, today at 1024, it's going to be a 6.36. Okay, that's not even factoring in the northeast, the northeaster's effect on the tide. So, typically what? Minute, a foot and a half to two feet higher yeah. than that? Yeah. So, Easy, you're talking... If a, not two feet. You know, eight and a half foot tide? You're talking about water up into the Mayport parking lot. Whew. Man. Yeah. That's going to be kind of spooky. Mm. Uh, you don't see that very often. No. All right, that's your uh, Tide Sport brought to you each and every week by Angie Sub. Don't forget about the Grom folks at the beach because I believe Angie's is closed on Sunday, but the Grom is open. Yes. Just to give you an idea. 
All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring up Sandy. Sandy got about about a minute and a half. How you doing, buddy? Hey, great. I've had a real good, interesting seven weeks of hunting. First week I get in a deer stand, tree blind, forgot my bolt, went and got them back about 200 yards, come back, climbed up, dropped one of them, hit every run, and a doe run off. Then the next weekend, get out there and said I was hunting that same tree stand. Get up there and somebody took the chair out of it. Did you hurt somebody's feelings? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I might have. Sound like you got a but poacher then, problem or something? Uh-huh. I know it. Or you ticked somebody then, off. Um, then the um, next weekend, I was sitting out in a blind, and um. Friend of mine, I've been aggravating about last three years about selling this um, puff axe in Remington, and um, he called me or texted me about nine thirty and says, "You still want this Remington?" And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "I said, really? He gonna sell it?" And I said, "Guns are crazy." I says, "Um, how much you gonna sell it for?" He says, "Well, he said my son don't want it. I know you would appreciate it. He sold me this nineteen seventy five seven sixty three oh eight." You know how much you charge me for? Fifty bucks. A dollar a caliber. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Sandy. We got to go. I mean, you got to call right. in earlier. Thank you, man. <laughs> hey, right. Steve. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having today. me. Really and uh, for uh, for fishing people to keep an eye out. The sheep's head bite was good before the blow. It's going to be really the good. The flounder bite has been good before the blow, even though we can't keep them. But if somebody wants to go out there and catch them, they can do that. Redfish, Kirk. It should get these bull reds will bite good until that water temperature gets a little colder. How long? What's I'd the water temperature? Two more weeks, three more weeks, and it'll be over with. Okay. Yeah. Hey, get out get there ready. and fish when it breaks. All right. And as usual, the Nimnik Chevrolet Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show is brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill St. Augustine, Steenhatchee River Club, Angie Sub, Strike Zone, Shimano, Whalen Bay Marine, Kirby Co. Builders Inc., Tire Outlet. Thank you, Danny. Atlantic Coast Marine. CNH Marine Construction, Fire Watch, Shark Coatings, Hagen Coastal Outfitters, LV Hires Inc., Consignment Boat Sales, The Bearded Pig, Ring Power and Cat Rental Store, Stack M Storage, Claude Nolan Cadillac, Thick Pen Heating and Cooling, Coastal Equipment, TS Home Renovations, and of course the Nimnick family of dealership Chevrolet on Cassett, Buick GMC on Phillips Highway. We'll talk to everybody next week, same time, same place, right here on 1010XL 92.5. See ya! See ya! See ya! That's great, boss. <laughs> <laughs>